Nostalgitron, the podcast equivalent of waking up on a bright sunny morning with a smell of freshly cut grass wafting through your open bedroom window with a stiffy. <laughs> well, I can relate to all of those, all of those things. Uh, sounds like a pretty idyllic way to wake up. Mm. Um, never let an erection go to waste, as Prince once said. <laughs> Is that what he said? What a legend. This is episode 10. 10. We've Double made it figures. To 10. We've made it to 10. Amazing. How many months have we been doing this for now? Because we try to do one a week, but we don't always. Ten now. Maybe three months. It's got to be three months, really. Because we only skipped one week, really. And we probably started a week or two before. Yeah. So probably like 13, 14 weeks. 10 episodes. That is a real milestone. 10 episodes. Um, two studios. Yep. Um probably about 20 bags of Haribo eaten. Yeah. yeah. And um, probably 50 cups of Robinson's orange squash. Yeah. 17 um, grams of weed. 17 grams of weed. <laughs> I'm sure I want to include that. In no. the <laughs> my, my, yeah, I might cut that bit out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 17 grams of weed. But yeah, no, it's been it's been a, it's been a it's been a real adventure. It's been super interesting just to kind of almost as we're like having this discussion the other day. Isn't the mind or the memory just so weird? It like, is because you have these things that are just kind of laying there dormant that you don't you wouldn't even be able to conjure up unless someone else mentioned something. But it's still there somewhere. I could probably sing to you word for word like anything by the Out There Brothers. Probably the Out There Brothers. Some Who are the Out There Brothers? Boom, boom, boom. Let me hear you say, well. <laughs> I mean, they've got about three lyrics, haven't they? Their exactly. That's probably why they're so easy to remember. Um, probably any number of, maybe 200 songs from the 90s, I could probably tell you word for word. I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's 200. It might be much less. It might be actually more because. 200 is a lot, though. But if I go through my Spotify playlist, which is probably like almost 600 songs now. I, I'd say about 85, 80% of them I know word for word. Really? Yeah. I mean, this is weird because the, going back to the point about your mind, I will retain this absolutely useless information, almost like dormant for like 10 years, sometimes longer, and then instantly be able to recall it. And that is, I don't know why that is, because there's, sometimes we do these podcasts and I'm just like, oh, what the am I going to talk about this week because I think I'm I don't really remember from this this particular subject so much like, like my summer holidays your your, your your absence of summer holidays and um, other times I feel like I'm really well prepared and sometimes I think that I'm not prepared and it just I just end up talking for, for, for far too long so but it's amazing because I will rack my brain sometimes I'll sit down and with a pen and paper and I'll as I've got here, I'll try and write as many notes as I think are appropriate for each of the, the topics. Yeah. And I maybe spend like an hour just sitting there thinking, but I'm probably doing something else at the same time, like watching something on TV, but I'm kind of like semi-focused on it. And I think that I've literally got like the little dude in your mind has gone all the way back to the kind of cupboard right at the back of the storeroom, kind of found the key, 
dusted it off, gone inside and kind of just searched for all of the kind of the deep memory archives and kind of given me everything that I need to know or have still retained from this area. And then you'll just say one thing. And then suddenly I've just remembered this kind of unlocked this whole yeah, section weird, of memories. It? It's like a little How password. It, it, it really is. It's but then you'll say open. something else, which maybe I should know and it, it won't have the same effects. But what the fuck? Like, why is it these, some of these memories you just cannot recall until somebody else mm. prompts you for it? And other ones that you just don't need at all, like song lyrics, are just always there in this kind of medium-term memory. If you would have thought, if you can't remember it, that's it, it's gone, isn't it? But it's not, it's definitely there still It's somewhere. weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's weird. Well, this, uh, this week, we're going to be trying to remember... Now, what did we say we was going to call this one? The Great Outdoors. The Great Outdoors, yeah, I like that. Already conjures up some kind of imagery, doesn't it? The great outdoors. We were going to call it outdoor activities, but Mike felt that that was more like a, a lesson, <laughs> lesson <laughs> yeah. to be conducted at school than the name of a podcast. So, anyway, yeah, so yeah. the great outdoors. The great outdoors. What does the great outdoors really mean to you? I feel like when I was when I was young, I wasn't really into video games that much. I think I spent most of my time outdoors. So really, I think a lot of my childhood memories are going to be outdoor based i was doing stuff outdoors most of the time hmm. um apart from the summer when i was being probed <laughs> yeah i've been an alien craft yeah i mean same for me really it's kind of it's interesting quite how much time we did spend or certainly i know how much time i spent outdoors as a ute i think that seemed fairly typical as well then i don't know if it's because there were less things to do indoors or it was maybe safe and parents felt more comfortable with letting their kids just I think, off outside. I think a lot of it's got to do with where we grew up. Like my yeah, road yeah. is in a small village with a kind of almost a cul-de-sac arrangement and at the top of the the road is there's a massive woods and it's kind of zero crime. Yeah. Well, yeah. there is the people the big houses apparently got broken into on on occasion. Um if we'd yeah. been brought up like in Brixton in the eighties, our parents probably would have been more reluctant to let us go out on a bike. Exactly, and we'd have probably spent more time inside. But I do recall wherever possible I would be outside unless it was A, too cold or B, raining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In general. I feel like um, when I was making notes of this, I kind of broke it down into almost like devices that I would use when I was outdoors, in the great outdoors. Who would you, who'd you be in the outdoors with most of the time? Though? What would a typical... A lot of the time it was my next door neighbour. So we was really lucky when we moved into our house that we grew up as a family. I think... The kids that I lived next door to was like a year younger than me and his brother was a year younger than my brother. So it's just perfect. You've got like a best friend that's kind of ready made for you living next door. How long, how long, how long, what ages were you? Probably from, I don't know, let's say like eight, seven, nine, probably about seven years old and then up until maybe about sort of 14. Okay. So I think like, when we went to like secondary school, we kind of branched off a bit because we was in different year groups. As yeah, we mentioned yeah. before, you don't really mix much with uh, different year groups, do you, when you're at secondary school? Did, he, did, this, did this person go to your primary school? Uh, yeah, he did, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, like, we had... Yeah, we were really close, and then I think when we went to secondary school, I don't know, you kind of got, like, weird crossovers as well, like, ended up having... Seeing a, uh, I'm going to stop there, actually, because all, all, all of these kind of stories always end up with me having a girlfriend about something, so I'm going to cut that out. But basically, I'll tell you now. Maybe I'll leave in. But um, 
So my neighbor, Andy, I, he went out with which I knew about, and then I kind of stuff happened with me and which he wasn't happy about, so I didn't think he really wanted to be school. my friend in anymore. In primary school? No. In secondary school? In secondary school, like kind of sixth form sort of age. Oh, right. But then I start, after the sixth form, like after university, I started seeing this girl called um, and I was with her for like three and a half years, and she was like round mine quite a lot. And I remember one day I was coming out of my house, and my next door neighbour's dad, John, he goes, oh, hi, I was thinking, that's weird that he knows your first name. He said, oh, so... Like, I knew that they were friends, that Andy and my next-door neighbour and this friends, but I didn't know they were like, really involved. She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, me and Andy went out for a couple of years. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, this guy's going to think I'm just, like, poaching all his ex-girlfriends. <laughs> Poor guy. He was such a nice guy as well. <laughs> so just coincidence? Just complete coincidence. I had no idea that they'd just gone out with each other or anything, yeah. Yeah, I, I, had, a, I had some pretty... I mean, my... My local, would it just been, would it just been that next door neighbour that most of your activities would have? Yeah, <laughs> like well, my brother as well. Um, yeah, mostly. What about you? How, how many, how many years difference, your brother? Um, there's four years, just over okay, four years. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of acceptable for a few years, isn't it? I mean, I say that. I mean, yeah, <clears throat> generally, like, well, I had, I had his who lived in the house opposite, so. Yeah. And then again, like having a good friend living that close to you. Is so and I had good. obviously a little brother as well. So and Gizzy's sister, although she never really hang out with us, she's the same age as my brother, and Gizzy's the same age as me. That's true. Actually, right. yeah, you didn't have like girls kind of hanging out with you. No, no way. No, we didn't either. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really know what she did. Well, I'm sure I'll find out one day. Um, and then I had my next door neighbour, Mike, who's also had two other brothers, but his older brothers were quite a lot older. They were uh. like. I think when I was like 12, they were at 17. It was like five years, which is just an insurmountable gap. Occasionally they used to hang like out with us. And, and then he had another older brother who was like, I remember when I was like 10, he was like 18. So Oof, like, yeah, it's like seven, nine years, nine years old. And the older, older brother, Steve, never really, never really did or did anything with us. Although there was one time, I think my dad had decided he was going to make a tree house. And in my mind, I had this, absolute mansion plan this kind of indoor yeah. village in the in the in the um, in this tree which we had to cut down um so i was just when dad said he was going to build a tree house maybe i just over it i may like i mean i can't be i can't be held thought of badly for like in my mind thinking of this i don't know how to describe it like a basically shed shed in the tree with like a front door and kind of maybe some furniture and stuff like that that's a kind of yeah shit you think about a bit like the one I'm, in um in the simpsons yeah exactly like yeah. that in the simpsons or like stuff you see in any cartoon like they always have these badass tree houses so i was um <laughs> i was really disappointed when all i got was like three planks of wood nailed to this tree <laughs> one which you could almost sit on <laughs> it was almost like this and the, the second one which i don't even know what's purpose it was served maybe it was a grippy bar or something like that and, and the third one which was just ridiculously out of reach for anyone my age so and the worst thing was it was impossible to get into this tree so it wasn't oh, as if no. like, there was like a ladder to get in there which is three blanks of woods <laughs> this kind of not even a nice tree like most of it had been cut away so it was this kind of skeleton tree yeah and i just remember steve like we were playing some game maybe 40 40 or something like that and he tried to get into the treehouse and the one who's seven years older than me 
<laughs> so <laughs> free inaccessible this treehouse of another reason for mega disappointment and um for some reason i just remember seeing him dangling from this tree and the next thing he's fallen down and broken his arm oh, no. it was my first experience of anything like quite this quite this traumatic really and uh, he was ah oh, serious God. pain he didn't like break through the skin did <laughs> well i didn't see that much all i remember is he was lying writhing around on the floor in pain but actually that reminds me like the garden our, our garden used to have this weird i think it must have been like the foundations for a greenhouse like two-thirds of the way down yeah so it had this kind of really thick ass concrete in a square which kind of had a gap in the middle so it was like a kind of square with really thick borders with a space in the middle and um it was like this mega concrete and we got to the age where we wanted to start playing football but this thing was just a health and safety hazard because you'd have like all of this kind of grass mud but then you'd have this kind of maybe two meter by two meter right angle of concrete which is like jagged around the edges right in the penalty area yeah, and I that do. Sounds I, dangerous as I do. Fuck. I do. I do remember. Uh, there's three memories this has brought, but I do remember my brother falling down on that and just smashing his oh. knee open so badly he had to go to hospital. And then I remember another time when I think Giz was out for a walk with his family, and he cut his foot so badly on some glass in the woods. Like then he had to go to hospital. Anyway. This yeah, is not like an episode about outdoor traumas, but it's just triggered off a load of memories. Yeah, I think when I think of the great outdoors, I do also think about my back garden. We had quite a big garden, like quite a long back garden. Mm-hmm. And like, sure. did you have like a camp or like a tree house or like a particular tree that you would favour? I've just I've just talked to you about my tree house, so I had that was that your tree house. Yes. Sorry, I completely lost that. I thought you said it was your neighbour. No, Mike's it was treatment. mine, which makes it even worse. <laughs> so yeah, no, this was my tree house. Um, um, but I, had, I well, we had didn't have a tree house. Well, we didn't have a tree house by any stretch of the imagination. We had. Is it quite a big garden? Yeah, it's pretty big. I mean, not huge, but maybe I don't know, maybe sixty meters long, but only maybe five meters, seven meters wide. Okay. Yeah but long enough that it had this kind of like upper area, which is just useless, like this kind of orchard where there's some trees and a patio and a patio and stuff. And then like this middle section, which nobody ever got used because it was never really that flat. It was always a bit, I always dreamed that one day that this, our front garden would be flat as opposed to this kind of gentle slope with a oh, really? knobbly bit. And then we'd have the goal, the goal at the bottom. Then you'd have like another orchard and then you would have the shed. The shed? You remember the shed? You've yeah been, been i've shed. been in that shed. shed but then our got then our house used to back onto like this mega mansion with this kind of beautifully manicured lawn maybe but this kind of like detached probably five bedroom detached kind of house it was this like standalone epic beast i do remember now kind of befriending the the, the bottom of kids at the bottom of the garden and then us kind of creating a hole in the fence so we could go into their <laughs> really? mega mansion and he could come and play football in our garden yeah, yeah. Because our garden was like the, the place to be for the, the youths of the neighbourhoods. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of us. So there's like Mike, the next door neighbour, Giz. Um, as Giz's brother got older, he was about five, six years, he'd, he'd come and join us as well. Then we'd have like another couple of friends from, the, from, from up the road, like our friend Rich Martin would come in. He went to a different school. And then like Mark Rogers and Andrew Otto oh, yeah, used to yeah. come over as well because they were like, Mark was quite far away. He used to put a good shift in to get down to the football. But like Andrew was just like just around the corner. Um, and then on a blue moon, when you, 
he used to be an annoying little thug, but Nick Mason <laughs> lived just around the corner as well. How would you like contact these people to kind of meet up for a game of football? I just, everyone just used to know. Um, and Ben Luckett, you remember Ben, ben yeah, Luckett? Yeah. He used to be like two doors down from, three doors down. So you wouldn't like me. phone the houses or anything? Well, sometimes I still remember like, because back in the day we used to have four digit phone numbers. Yeah. So Can you, can you remember that number still? Uh, I remember a couple. 5615 is Rick's number, I think. 5502 is Giz's number and 4726 was my number. Yeah. And anyone's going to try and hack my shit, <laughs> good luck because you're not going to find much more information that you, the information you need to really engage that phone number. But yeah, no, it was a four-digit phone number before they actually made it a yeah, seven-digit, a six-digit phone number. They, they had like a seven-one on to it, did they, on the front of it? Yeah, they did, yeah. 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 Now, now you've kind of given the game away in terms of the phone number, so <laughs> thanks, Mike. It's got to crack the welling code now. Yeah, well, ha-ha, but we didn't fall into the welling code, did we? Ah, it was different. Yes, yes, it was. I'm not going to tell you where because you would have my dad's <laughs> phone number. <laughs> and then you can just phone my dad up. Good luck with that one as well. Um, but yeah, no, I think it, occasionally there'd be a phone call made, but generally it would just be everyone know we went, well, we'd go to school together. So it was when we got back from school. Ah, okay, <laughs> like most right, of yeah, us. Yeah. And then like Mike was a few years, like three years younger. My brother would be there as well, of course, because I see younger brother. So they used to be kind of like anywhere between five and ten people generally playing football in the garden as yeah. we got older but other games as well the classics of 40-40 and Woodstock Kiss Chase never played Kiss Chase no um, and then occasionally some of the kind of like we play football on the road sometimes and then occasionally like some of the older brothers would play so like when it came to football like Mike's older brother Ian would play and then Rich's older brother Chaz would play and Chaz Chaz, Chaz what what name. a name. What a name. Chaz. Legendary name. That's a really strong name, isn't it's it, Chaz? Name. Not really. Kind of pretty middle-class welling, really. Um, but I remember when he used to come and play football, like, it was like his legs were made of fucking steel. <laughs> I mean, it was just impossible to try and tackle this guy. But again, he was probably, at the time, pretty fucking tall anyway. And he was like five years older than me. So it just, it just was just impossible to... It was just impossible to, to get the ball off him. Some kids just made of different stock, weren't they? I remember there's this kid down that road. He's called Andrew Rabson. We used to call him Apple Rabson because he had like a really wide head, looked like a cooking apple. But he like we'd play like football or like something. Cooking apple. They just sort of run they wider them. than normal apples. <laughs> yeah, they're massive, aren't they? Cooking apples. All <laughs> right. Okay. Even most of apples. Apple Rabson. Apple Rabson. Shout out to Apple Rabson if you're out there. Is he? <laughs> Not friends with him on Facebook or something. That's no. Yeah, so you played a lot of football, a lot of games in the garden. A lot of football, yeah. Like I say, like the classic variations and derivatives of, of hide and seek. Um, one where you kind of generally have to kind of hide away and then get back to the point where the kind of HQ point before the person is trying to find you gets back there. There's another one called, I think it's called Woodstock, not Woodstock, but what you had to do is you kind of, if somebody saw you, you'd have to run back to the kind of point the kind of HQ point and yeah. the person that's been seen can run back as well and then they have to nominate <laughs> yeah it's pretty intricate then they had to not like assuming that the guy that spotted them saw first he'd be like Woodstock I see Mike and then you'd have to you'd have to stop where you were in your paces uh. and then they'd have to nominate <clears throat> how many steps they think they can do to get back to HQ and then you can either let them do it or do it yourself 
Ooh, that sounds familiar. Maybe you've played something like that or some kind of iteration of that, yeah. Yeah, 4040 was just a more basic hide and seek where you had to go back to the base. Yeah, pretty yeah. Much. But the football was good. We um, used to play World Cup, just like being in a World Cup. But you all start off like if there's one goalkeeper and there's six people, it's six v six. So whoever scores goes through and then yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. one person gets knocked out every round. Then it's five and then four, then three, then two. And then you've got the World, that is the World Cup final. Did you ever win? Yeah, a few times. Mm. But Mark Rogers used to win all the time because he was just like... So it used to be generally me versus Mark and Mark was just fucking much faster than me. So he just absolutely take the ball to the top of the garden, knock it around me, run around me, score. Pretty much every time. Did you have like a boundary or like a pitch sort of? No, like obviously where the, if it went over the fence, that was never good and that was considered out of bounds and annoying as fuck. Like into your neighbour's house? Yeah, well, thankfully one of the neighbours was, was Mike's. The other ones was um, Ian and Pat, I think they were called. It's weird to hate you remember these things. Um, and they were pretty chill as well. Ian so, and Pat, so, name. They, they were pretty chill until we kind of decimated one of the fences trying to get into their next door, next door garden and they got a little bit pissed off with that. So had a little word with the parents and a uh, new fence was put in place and some guidelines about how to treat other people's property <laughs> with respect yeah. were articulated to me and, um, and we could continue. But actually you'd have like adjacent to the goal, like the same line as the goal was, that was obviously the, again... It's a bit difficult to tell because it was between two like tree stumps, um, but they were pretty parallel with the garden, so it was not too bad. Yeah, yeah. And we had this kind of ramshackle net of any time, like there was any bit of fencing available, or there was actually some sort of netting available. Kind of use it to supplement this kind of ramshackle net because we did actually at one stage have like a five-a-side goal net, but oh, this really? was kind of yeah but like these tiny little goals but this goal was kind of like three quarters two thirds three quarter size so it was a good size goal with a crossbar and everything that was again ramshackle as fuck yeah um and then we just kind of tried to attach the net, whatever netting we could to the best of it because it was annoying as hell when you score a goal and you have to run into this weird orchard to go and collect the ball every time um but yeah i used to play world cup and then like headers and volleys which is like yeah because i say shit at football i can never play head and volleys he's played world cup but headers and volleys is a real struggle for me. It's a technical did, challenge. Did you ever win? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's useless. Um, but yeah, so, so then yeah, heads and volleys, or cooler as we used to call cooler. it. Cooler, yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, which is weird because everyone's like, playing cooler, you'd be like, a new kid would be like, is that like headers and volleys? And we're like, no, it's cooler. And then they explain to I me. I don't know where like, that name came from because we mentioned this pretty much before, the same. didn't we? Like the lunchtime's one. But yeah, cooler, where did that come from? Uh, I don't know, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It sounds like a sweet. Kind of like, yeah, it's like a universal thing. Everyone knew what that meant when you're like playing at school. Yeah, cooler. Maybe it's just us. I don't know. Who knows? It's a good viral marketing for some company. Um, and yeah, then that was kind of it for the garden activities. We used to do a bit of camping in the garden. Yeah, same. So like camping or like making a camp, making like, not like a clubhouse, but yeah, around in the, in the garden is always a big thing for us. We had this huge like, uh, I think it's a laurel bush at the bottom of our garden but it's kind of in between both ours and our neighbours gardens we kind of shared it but inside this huge I don't know how big it would have been maybe like 15 by 15 feet but inside it's almost kind of like hollowed out so all the leaves on the outside yeah, of it, yeah. in, inside it was almost like, like that kind den. of indoor forest yeah like we had loads of those up in the woods you yeah. could be in there and no one would be able to see you from the outside yeah exactly there's loads of those up in the, up in the local woods I don't feel like we had a bit of like a kind of gothic thing going on we used to like put loads of candles 
and like melt wax all around inside. So like inside, it almost looked like some kind of like ritual had been going on. Who, who did you sacrifice? <laughs> sacrifice any small animals? Do you know what? I don't think we ever sacrificed anything. I think maybe we'd talk about stuff like that, but never actually go through with it. Jesus. Doc. And yeah. then we had like, um, so we had that that was really cool. We'd use that talk on. Of, what does talking about it mean? <laughs> so how do you feel about uh, sacrifice? Yeah, so on today's agenda, we're going to... Uh, <laughs> To get rid of Chetta. I'm going to propose that maybe we capture a small animal, yeah. Well, sometimes you'd find like a little dead animal, like a little dead vole or something, and maybe like set yeah, fire yeah. to it or something. Well, never set fire to it. Although like, uh, <laughs> that's a bit weird. Although I did, for some reason, have like a real, because we had quite like nice, we had quite a lot of birds in our garden, because again, it's quite a nice area, and like yeah. not, not necessarily a big city. And I did, for some, I wanted a pet bird, so I got my mum's laundry basket, and... Um, made like a little prop to hold it up. And I read it's oh, upside, try and trap upside, a wild bird. Yes, so it was upside down. So and then I attached some string to it, and then I put some bread underneath to bait the trap. <laughs> and I, I took this string all the way back into this kind of underneath this apple tree, this cooking apple tree, bizarrely enough, that we had in the kind of top half of the garden because I remember it was raining that day, and I got an umbrella and I just sat there for like three hours, like, and the birds would get so close to kind of seeing like they'd see they'd get down and they'd see this <laughs> they'd see this bread underneath this washing basket and they'd see, obviously it was topped up by this kind of little wedge that I'd made with a stick and yeah. just some string they never went in and I just sat there just you never so got disappointed one. I never got one I'd I don't know love what to f- know what you would have done if I you actually don't got know one what the fuck I would have done with that and my mum is <laughs> petrified of flappy birds like she fucking hates that shit so it would have been and the probably cat would have had it as well. So yeah, it would have been carnage. It would have been absolute carnage. First of all, I don't know how I'd have got it out. Well, imagine now I've got it out. I've just launched it in the front room. You'd have my mum going absolutely apoplectic about this, about this bird flapping around. The cat, the cats, just like, oh my God, this is going to be so much fun. And me trying to yeah, ward them off, my well. new pet. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you ever get... Um slow worms in your yes. garden they're fucking weird aren't they they are fucking cool. i don't think i've seen one since i was a little kid but yeah yeah you see a slow worms in the garden they're like they're like anyone that's listening does not slow worm it's kind of like a semi snake it's, it's like, like a little legless lizard isn't it it's is a legless lizard so it's totally harmless it's probably about a meter long maximum yeah like, oh yeah probably yeah. fit half a meter long the ones i found so. are probably like length of really 30 like 40 inches, yeah, yeah 30 seconds you're talking inches you're talking using imperial measurements all the time i'm using metrics Hmm. What do you want to fix it on? Yeah, I don't know. Just been thinking about our uh, brothers over in in the states. Yeah, well, we can convert. We can convert inches to centimeters. Yeah, well, we can just leave you to learn the simple calculations for adjusting between the two. There's a few rules which I follow, which make them. But easy. yeah, length of ruler. That was normally the, the the length I would find them. Yeah, if I saw a but they were cool as fuck. Shanker. They were cool as fuck. I used to like them a lot. I think the difference between a slow worm and a snake is that slow worms have got eyelids and snakes haven't. I think that's the difference between like a like lizards. This might be wrong. Lizards and snakes might be that they've got eyelids, so they blink. Maybe could be. Could but yeah, be. they looked like a little snaky type thing, didn't they? A bit of a different head shape, maybe. And they're like brown sort of color. Yeah, they're brown and they were kind of soft. So I remember they being quite yeah. soft and warm but squiggly. Yeah, yeah, they're weird, weren't they? Yeah, they were weird. They were weird. We used to get like monk jack deers in our garden. Yeah, do you know what? I was talking to um. They got the worst my wife about that the other noise day, ever. Them. They kind of bark, don't they? Like mega bark. 
They're called like little tiny like midget deers, aren't they? Yeah, but they've got a loud voice. Midget deers, that might not be very politically correct. Right, so you get midget gems Wolf still, deers. don't you? You've got midget still okay, as long as you're not Is it? labelling. Little, little person deers. <laughs> exactly. Little deers. Yeah. Little old deers. And foxes, um, stuff I like to get in there. Yeah, hedgehogs occasionally. Mm. Yeah, hedgehogs used to be a rare treat to leave milk out for them, which I've since read is really bad for them. Is it, is it deadly? I think so. I don't think it's, well, no, it's deadly as such. But yeah, I remember getting, because they used to go and, if the cats didn't finish all their food outside, they used to go and see that as a, ah, right, yeah, a yeah. food opportunity. Um, but Would yeah, a cat was, kill a hedgehog? No, because it's the spikes. The spikes. Got pretty good defence mechanism. Very good defence mechanism, I think. It's always covered in fleas, weren't they? I'm yeah, assuming. I was told to stay away from told to stay away from hedgehogs because they were like flea ridden. Because our back garden was quite long, and then it had it was attached to the woods. So I guess that's where all these animals came from. And then we had an embankment, so it dropped down. It must have been quite a way, like maybe twenty meters down, at quite a steep angle down onto the the train tracks. So we had well in North train station right at the bottom. But that embankment was amazing because it provided the perfect opportunity for making a camp because it's got this big embankment covered with trees and bushes and stuff. So we'd have like this little camp in the laurel bush, but then further down, if our parents weren't looking, we'd jump over the fence and go down there. And then we'd have and a went straight onto down. the tracks. There was no... No, there was no fence or anything at the bottom of it. It'd go straight onto the tracks. Yeah, we used to be able to go to that to the train tracks. Like Fucking dangerous. The other is quite a trek for us. So like where we lived was kind of one half side of the valley and then where the train tracks were was kind of this other half of the valley and the road used to go straight down the middle. Valley's a very extreme word. By what the was way. your nearest train station then? Uh, Nebwele North. That oh, was it? Yeah, or Nebwele. Yeah, because ours was well in North. That was the one that was at the bottom of our garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So you're, you're really close. But um, but yeah, you used to be, they used to have wind tunnels down there as well. So they used to be like, I never, I don't think I actually, I actually went to them but not when a train was there. So what people used to do was go up to these wind tunnels, which are like vents for tunnels for trains. Yep. And they used to get their kind of jacket and kind of, or, or, or a sheet or something like that. Yeah. Put it over their, kind of like make themselves into like a flying squirrel, like <laughs> lie on top of this thing with this, this metal grid. And then the train used to come and it used to just launch you, like hover you in the air. Like yeah, my brother used to do it. Indoor, like those indoor skydiving things. Yeah, yeah. But then I, but then when it goes, I was always worried that the kind of vacuum would just slap you back down so hard. But actually, apparently it doesn't. I'm thinking about it, probably. Yeah, it's kind of like great, wasn't it? Like a little yeah, squares. a big, thick kind of great, kind of like a Mario style pipe. Where it turns like a like Mario French brother's pipe, but yeah. with like a grid on the top. But black obviously wasn't green, and you could you could go inside it if you were really optimistic and brave as fuck going into a <laughs> rail tunnel. But what other people used to do, like. This is so fucking unsafe. Remember, we used to see like a lot of rail safety videos. I'm sure at school yeah. were, were issued. I mean, now this is all this is all coming back to me now. There was a lot of rail safety issue videos because obviously a lot of us must have lived pretty close to a train track. Actually, like one time at Scouts, this this policeman or something came into it and gave us a fucking talk on not got fucking with the train track, and he started told me this horrible story about this woman that if you've got squeamish, if you're squeamish, turn away now. Or listen away, or stop listening. <laughs> um, stop listening now. But she tried, went to commit suicide on the train tracks. She put a table on the train tracks, and she lay on the table. But why? O- why did she do o- that? Only her head was sticking out, and then they obviously it hit, and they couldn't find the head. And then, like, then they did the autopsy, and they found the head in her stomach where the impact from the train. Oh. And I was just like, like twelve years old. I'm just like, what the. 
Fuck. Why did you put a table? A lot of fucking detail. I remember it now. That's how traumatized I was by this this safety video. So I never actually wanted to fuck with the train tracks. No, we didn't either. We never like kind of ventured down to that. But there was, I don't know how there were whispers, but there was definitely like kids that were doing the kind of the, 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 the wind tunnel things. But also some of them had like crushed two peas and one peas that they'd put on the train track. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, that's so fucking cool. I really want one of those. But I just never, after hearing his story, I just never wanted to fuck with the train tracks. Even now, even now, if I see somebody like, if I'm at some rural train station and you've got to cross over the tracks, I can still feel like this. No, 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 no. You know, there's gonna, there could be a train coming. And I, even if it's totally legitimate to do so. And in Spain, some of the stations are like that as well. Yeah, I yeah. still get like mega, not mega anxiety, but I just still, in the back of my mind, thinking, you've been warned about this shit. Just imagine you get your shoelaces caught in the track and then not be able oh to get God, don't say that. I didn't even consider that now. God. The third location for a little camp, so we had three camps. There's the one on the embankment, one in the laurel bush, and then our, our garage had like a little coal bunker underneath it. And you could access it in two ways. One from like a trap door in the garage that you could lift up and go down into it, or the other one from outside. So outside the garage, it's kind of like a hole, I guess, where they kind of shoveled the coal out. Uh, so me and my neighbour turned this into like another little camp, which is quite cool. And again, there's like little weird things like candles, we take some toys in there sometimes and we were obsessed with halloween but pumpkins weren't available all year round so we used to <laughs> used to hollow out potatoes or, <laughs> or like courgettes and put little you know like the little tiny birthday cake candles inside them yeah and have them all like lined up on the little shelves around i think i had some weird kind of like occult fascination when i was a little kid <laughs> fruits and vegetables with candles in them yeah they, did, you make, did you make like did you did you did you whittle them down or did yeah 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 so take like a little knife down and like whittle them down put a little like pumpkin face in them and put a candle inside yeah inside a courgette yeah yeah or a potato yeah it seems pretty fucking in- intricate mm. quite talented Life skills yeah. yeah quite talented with your weird vegetable engraving um actually now you say it, i do remember we did actually have this we had this kind of i can't even describe what type of bush it is but it was a weird one and we kind of turned that into a kind of makeshift camp but it's just never right there's never enough space in there uh, i must remember sweeping it out so many fucking times yeah we used to do that so yeah you sweep out the floor yeah like, you've got to sweep it out if it's a good if it's a good camp what is it what is the fascination with building camps because yeah i absolutely did have one but just having your own space isn't it independent of your parents i think yeah well we kind of had the shed so the shed for the less informed the bottom of my garden was this fucked up old shed like it was just so basic and it was kind of smelt of kind of mold all of the time because it was totally almost here but it did have functioning windows and a door which had a functioning lock on it as well so i'm not even sure what it was used for like by my parents i don't think they really kept even anything in there because it was right at the bottom of the garden and they didn't really ever go right this far down it was almost like another world at the end on the garden yeah yeah so we had this kind of shed which kind of made quite a cool clubhouse and as we got older quite a good place to do other things as well um i such such as such as um, i don't know it was good like a post club if like when you were younger not able to get home didn't want to pay for a taxi you could kind of sleep in there can you i've slept in there before yeah it's um, unable to sleep for whatever reason yeah. i just wished my my one wish was that it it had electricity because if it did then i don't know the dream the dream of the shed was to get some maybe some used furniture 
kid it out a little bit. This is the best you could have ever hoped for. That shed must have been quite big because thinking back, when I slept in the shed, there must have been four or five of us in there. There was there was there was like four people there. Yeah, I yeah. mean it wasn't that big. You could probably you fit four people just about. But I think we had in there like one of my old mum's my mum one of my mum's old sun loungers as a seat, and kind of like the dream would have been to get kind of like a, a disused sofa and put it in there. And then, but then yeah, you could just, cool. but then you could just sit in there, and you'd be sheltered from the rain, so you could go to the shed if it was raining as well. But then, yeah, no. I'd always be jealous. Never watched a film or TV program. They'd have like a proper clubhouse with like seats, yeah, TV, yeah, yeah. games console. Oh god, that was. I'm sure some people listening to this may maybe had that kind of thing. Well, I remember one Christmas or birthday. I think it was. I think both my brother and I got given a portable TV, like, but this wasn't like these kind of. It's just the little tiny one you ones about, that like look like little... Game Boys, but it's like a kind of two-inch CRT, so it's kind of deeper than it was tall or wide. Yeah, yeah. And it had this kind of proper old-school radio air, or the you know the telescopic ones that you popped out, and it took like four AA batteries. Did it have like an input? Would you be able to hook up like a Nes to it or something? Mm, don't think so. No, maybe mm. headphones. That was the only input it had in it. Maybe but... if it had an aerial, they might have had like the RF. Didn't know the old console. I don't think like, it did. I don't think not. it did. It was just so. It was so small. I mean, small is just absolutely ridiculous because it was. I mean, it was. But it's very portable. You could easily fit it in my childhood hands. Yeah. And then I remember having that and just thinking, "Oh my God, we have got a clubhouse. We have got a fucking television dream. Like, is there anything? Does it going to get any better than that? Unless the parents decide to throw out that sofa in the front room, which will fit just perfectly. And um. Sadly, the device used to eat batteries like a motherfucker. It would literally burn through a set of four batteries in like 20 minutes. Problem number one. Problem number two, absolutely fuck all signal in the bottom of the garden. So we could sit and watch static. So in reflection, these portable TVs were the biggest waste of time ever. They were only battery powered. The, the reception they could pick up, unless you're sat on top of canary wharf is probably going to be sketchy at best i remember probably once or twice getting a really grainy itv at some stage like it was an absolute waste of time and therefore the clubhouse never had a television board games comic books like the beano and the dandy yeah i feel that's a whole other episode you used to read those so kids books. kids and teenagers now no, never know the pain of having to try and tune a tv and try and get reception they never know that, I, ball ache that my, was. my 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 first tv was actually this converted monitor from an amstrad cpc 6128 which had the tv tuner base for it so it was this kind of computer monitor which sat on this base it would have been like a 14 inch tv yeah. so like 30 35 centimeters maybe 40 centimeters so it's tiny by today's standards and and i knew exactly and I, it didn't even have buttons because it was a tuner base so it just had a tuning dial for the actual to get the uh, channels and i could almost by it could have me blindfolded <laughs> i could tune it to each of those four channels fifth came eventually four channels just by knowing it kind of like how many like degrees it needed to go around for each of these channels it was quite amazing how instinctive i became at the changing the channel on, the, on this on this device anyway the great outdoors anyway, the great outdoors <laughs> What about, um, we've kind of spoken about camps, gardens, playing football, but I think the, the one thing that offered you the most amount of freedom did you, and did you, not ever, bike, did, right? you not ever, did you not ever play on the road? 
<laughs> Sounds like a really <laughs> bad thing to say. But now we used to play on the road all the time. Well, I guess like on our little village, it was very quiet. There wasn't much traffic. So yeah, it was, it was a through road. Uh, well, it was kind of on like, um, what would you call it? Like a, not green, but it was like a, like a big ring that went around the village. A ring road. Is it? Yeah, but that makes it sound like the M25. Yeah, I didn't realise it. Your village had that, but yeah, Warren Way in Dixwell was kind of just like a, a circle, or like an oval, mm. but no traffic at all. Like the, tra- the only traffic would be people like kind of leaving their house and go down the road. So yeah, we'd kind of skateboard or yeah, yeah get exactly. ramps out on the road and stuff. Yeah, totally. It used to be almost like like I said before, we used to shout donkey if a car was coming. And yeah. The looks we used to give that driver was if like, what the fuck right do you have to be driving a car on the road? We're trying to play football here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, we were, pre- we were pretty good managers. And most of the drivers would give us a little wave because they appreciated they'd disrupted a, a big game. Um, and nobody's cars ever got really fucked up. I mean, a no, few no. balls would have landed on the bonnet and just made a big smash, but no, no, no windows. The only broken. damage done to a, a car when we was outside playing would have been when um, me and my neighbour were thinking of like, new creative ways to use our skateboards. Yeah. Because we couldn't really stand up on our skateboards. What kind of what does your skateboard look like? The first one I had was like a little fiberglass one. This really shitty one, and it kind of like almost like the shape of a surfboard rather than like what you think of a skateboard. Quite pointy on the ends. Is it big or small? Ah, oh, small. I reckon like now. I'm trying to think what you could compare it to. Maybe like, maybe like the length of my forearm. Probably like that sort of length. I reckon pretty small. But well, I mean, we were little kids, only like six or seven. Yeah, years old. my brother had exactly the same size. Yeah, I think mine had like the American flag on it or something. And I remember... The American flag. Yeah. Patriot. Yeah. We, yeah, we weren't, we weren't really able to balance standing up, so we'd always either be laying down on our front, a bit like the luge. Is that on the front or is that on the back? We'd lay on the, the back. back like the luge, perhaps, yeah. Uh, or sitting upright on it. And then one day we thought it'd be good. Like, we kind of knew the path quite well that went at the top of our road past our houses. We'd try doing it backwards, so we'd sit upright on our skateboards we're going backwards and they're kind of like looking over your shoulder boy kids are fucking idiots aren't they so i think i went first and andy was behind me although he was in front of me because i was going backwards so i could see him i couldn't see what was behind me it was going fairly fast but you kind of use your shoe don't you to try and slow yourself yeah, down a bit which is why all your trainers, trainers were fucked at the back yeah, on the totally. um and i just remember like kind of hearing like a little rumble and then just seeing sort of smoke everywhere thinking fucking hell that's weird not really, it's the exhaust from a car that's reversing out their driveway. And then it's heard like a, like the, Andy's head smacking onto the back of his car. I mean, luckily, you weren't the closest to me because he could just got run over. So it. he basically smashed into this car reversing. Yeah. Imagine the being the, the fucking of the driver of that car. Like, do you feel bad for not spotting him? Do you just wonder what the fuck this feral child is doing going backwards <laughs> down the hill? Like, you feel like shit if you fucking smashed a kid. And I think when I saw it as well, like, I kind of like panicked to saw it happen. You know when you get into like an uncontrollable wobble on the skateboard? <laughs> it's just like snaking around. I probably like just stacked it and I fell onto the grass. And I heard this like little <laughs> screech from this kid. He burst into tears. Like, Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. He went run off screaming, yeah. Yeah, I used to, my, my skateboard was like a pretty wide, big one. Was it? It was pretty badass with this kind of cool looking, looking dude on the bottom. And I had yeah, some pretty like cool sweet, kind of I had some it. pretty sweet wheels as well. Like, but I could, I could stand up on it. I could just about do an ollie of like one inch. That's an atmosphere. Both, both but wheels off the floor, right? Yeah. Guaranteed. But my board still had grind rails. 
<laughs> just in case. Oh, did it really? <laughs> yeah, just in case I ever magically got the ability to, to be is able to... Is that still a thing, like having those little grind rail bumper things on skateboards? I don't think not, so. I don't think so. I think because my second skateboard was proper, like, Santa Cruz deck with, like, nice wheels and stuff on it because nice. my brother's friend, James, he was really into skating and he was kind of offloading it to me, so I bought it off him. But again, I had this really cool skateboard, really nice one, but I only sat on it or laid on it. So all the other kids would be on their fiberglass one, so I'd be on my Santa Cruz one, but I'd still just be like laying on it like the luge going down a hill. I used, to, I, used to, I, used to, I used to be okay. I mean, did you used to have your bearings soft or hard? Remember, like the soft ones, the more you lean into it, the more the wheels turn. The oh, the trucks. Ones, the, like the, the trucks, yeah, sorry, the trucks. I think I'm quite soft because we, we used to go down this road, was, I think it was Cubits Close, and at the bottom of it, so it's a really steep hill. The road was perfect, so it was really smooth tarmac. So you'd pick up a real good pace in it. But at the bottom, it, there was a really sharp, almost like a kind of 90 degree turn. So you'd want them quite sort of loose so that you could, yeah, turn into it. Yeah, for some reason, I was adamant the way of the warrior was to have them like literally locked. Yeah, that's so, probably so, how you're supposed so, to So to turn, you need to kind of literally kick flip the back and then kind of move the board in that direction. Yeah. And at speed, that's pretty much impossible. So I think one of my great regrets stop. is that I never learned to skateboard properly. It'd be so handy now because everyone skateboards in Barcelona. And it's and let's be honest, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it does it's look pretty, pretty cool. Fucking cool. Looks pretty cool seeing a forty-three-year-old going down the road and <laughs> screaming. Yeah, help me! <laughs> Sitting on it. Help. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting down. Yeah, yeah. No, the skateboards was um, was, it was there was definitely a phase of skateboards. I don't think it necessarily yeah. lasted more than a year or two, but there was definitely a big phase of skateboards. But the um the bike was the oh, that's well you had the ninja as well didn't you Remember the oh old yeah ninja the ninja scootech episode yep. one yeah yeah you have to look back onto the or listen to episode one for that but it's kind of like a cross between a bmx and a <laughs> I scooter found, i guess i found a picture the other day didn't i, I sent yeah. it to you i said is this a scooter I was, fucking sweet mine is the yellow and black one i was doing the blog on the website and just going back through the episodes and yeah i found a picture and this thing is doesn't know whether it's a BMX or a scooter, yeah, so it's, a proper it's got hybrid, isn't it's it? got proper like scooter base, but it's got proper BMX handlebars. Even and every bike had this the foam yeah. protector yeah. on the top of the handlebars to stop you smashing your head. Every, I'm sure All every BMX has had that, bike, every bike, everyone has had one of these at some point. Mm. These foam protectors used to wrap around the tubes. Do they have like a with Velcro? Yeah, Velcro. Yeah, yeah to, to keep them in place. And there was, used to be one to protect your balls, and there used to be one to protect your head. Yeah, did you, was there one? So you had one on the crossbar. Yeah, and then you know, one like the bit, like what's that part called well, underneath the crossbar where it's kind of attached to it? Where the saddle goes to. Now you got like, the saddle one. You got like the crossbar, the handlebar one. But then I feel like one of my BMXs also had <laughs> the one on the diagonal. Yeah, the kind of knuckle. No, the, the knuckle bit where the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sure. I'm it's sure. kind of like a Velcro kind of. Yeah, pad definitely. On there as well. It was like a kind of boxing glove. This kind <laughs> of wraparound boxing glove. Yeah, I used yeah. To have on. Yeah. Oh god, I remember that as well. But that was only on BMXs. My, I think yeah. I had a I had a, a rally BMX, which yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, they were good rally bikes. Were well, sweet. Yeah. Rally bikes were were well. They I don't so maybe like when I look back now, I don't really maybe appreciate. Maybe there were just wasn't shit products around. Mm. Maybe there was less selection, so therefore I kind of tended to get quite good things. Like I don't. Yeah. Unless I chose them myself, I don't remember getting kind of really trashy crap toys. But you, yeah. Which do you remember what rally BMX that was? No, it was white and blue. Okay. The white and blue one. Um, see when I write the blog. Because there's one that you can 
still find on eBay now. The, the one my brother had was the gold one with like the kind of black pads in it. I can't remember the name of it now, but they're quite valuable still now. Yeah, I wonder if I still got my skateboard in my dad's garage. I wonder if I, there's it. no reason why it wouldn't be there. Mm. I mean, there's having done this podcast, it now gets me super excited to go and rummage yeah. through my old possessions because I'm sure there's I kind of thrown everything away. I can say that. Was your, um, um, was your BMX a Christmas present or birthday present? I can't remember because it was quite an early, early doors present. And I don't even remember, remember really learning how to ride a bike. I, I just remember being able to ride a bike. I've got very sort of, sort of vague memories of having stabilizers on a bike and going around my garden in Hatfield learning how to ride a bike. And it was on um, a budgie, a rally budgie. So do you maybe had the, the rally chopper and they're worth a bit of money now if you find the original one of those they were fucking cool looking bikes yeah they're the ones that's a bit like kind of more of a relaxed seating position it had like a kind of a padded saddle that went up your back a bit as well so you yeah, kind of yeah. lean back it's like the one they have in the goonies yeah yeah like that fucking the cool flags bikes i'd love one of those now um, but the budgie was kind of like the little kids version of that i think like a little tiny one i'm sure it yeah, had a gear shift it had like a little gear shift on the three three gears yeah i never had a bike but i always wanted one that had those three gears on the kind of crossbar yeah what a cool idea yeah like a little gear stick almost like a car in it yeah, i think it that's what i learned to to ride on a budgie oh really i just don't remember i, I remember teaching my brother how to ride a bike and i think it's kind of like in our garden again it was quite a slope and at the time there was this row of bushes that were thorny as fuck like just something just weirdly it's almost to split the garden in two it went halfway across and then brother going down and just like going straight into this thorn bush and it was an absolute <laughs> tragedy for him he was cut to shit and uh yeah that's it that's the only memory of, of riding a, do you a remember that bike the, the grifter i think it's a rally grifter i think that's my brother i think i had a budgie and he had a grifter and that was the one that had a grip shift you, on it tell you which one sounds cooler yeah. <laughs> it's not the budgie <laughs> yeah the grifter i think it was kind of bmx style but it had gears on it as well but it had like a grip shift i never had grip shifts until my mountain bike that's fucking cool isn't it yeah i didn't have i don't think i ever had grip shifts i was quite jealous of grip shift gears did i have a grip shift or did i have the butterfly, the butterfly? yeah i had oh, the no, thumb I, I had the thumb ones on the top the first one i definitely had the uh thumb ones we used to push one to kind of one to six and then yeah one two three for the third and the other side but i definitely had a grip shift or somebody had a grip shift i mean because you get grip shifts now maybe that's why i no I yeah yeah them. I so, you know, that's been a technology that's lasted a long time. Did you ever have a, a racer bike? Yeah. Yeah. I think I talked about that last time. It was, did piece, you? it was a piece of shit because I used to live by a woods and our roads were okay, but they weren't great. And I used to live at the top of a hill. So really with a racer, you want kind of flat roads, easy Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's racing. It had five gears. It was on that kind of diagonal bar, this this kind of metal gear stick which yeah. had five gears. Yeah, so that was on like the diagonal I don't the know. The diagonal below the crossbar. Yeah, below the crossbar. Yeah, yeah. five speed. And again it was a, it was I think it was a rally, but I didn't really didn't really like that very much. I quite liked it just because it was so fast. It was fast. Races because I don't know like what they're called in other territories. And I don't even know if racer was like a proper name for it, but it's the one where you're in a position where you're kind of crouched right forward, aren't you? And you've got the the handlebars that kind of curl round in almost like a yeah. Sort of so it's front, they're kind of front there, and you're kind of almost lying down on the bike. Yeah, yeah. But it was so fast, so fast, so fast. But the tires used to always get like punctures. I used to remember because it was mega thin and, and really annoying as hell. And the amount of time I spent kind of wasting my life with puncture repair kits. It was just such yeah. a 
full lake of a process. You've got to take the tire off. You've got to get a, like the washing up bowl full of water and see where the bubbles come through. Then you've got to dry it all off, get that kind of gummy shit from the tube you got from Halfords. It well, first we had to prepare it with this kind of chalky stuff, and then you like, yeah, then yeah. you had to put the sticky stuff on. Then you put the plaster on. I mean, fucking ball lake. I just want you to. I used to remember my bikes, like, the amount of times I went down to the actual wire, literally down to the wire on the tyre from doing too many skids. skids. Yeah, we used to take competitions about how long you could do a skid for. I think my friend did one for, like, 18 metres. It was, like, ridiculous. If you can get, like, a good gravelly surface, you can go flying. Well, with gravelly, we had, we had concrete. And, um, and yeah, the top, of this, the top of the road, so the top of the road where I lived, it forked in two. One used to go kind of um, to the woods, and the other used to go to this road that we used to call the bumpy road and the bumpy road is called the bumpy road because when i first moved in it was a fucking disaster this road but shortly after moving in they tarmacked it there was this time between when they tarmacked it it must have been a window of maybe only a few days but it was like the golden days of my life because there was a time so this road had gone from being this awful piece of shit to this absolutely snooker table like tarmac and it was the best you so like seek out these places with for th- tarmac, it was it was it was 50 foot from my front door as well and it was a maybe i don't know 200 300 meters long this road it was just like heaven like it was just your skateboard used to just float on, <laughs> yeah. on this and then they put in some speed bumps and everything, oh, and everything no. was ruined but there was a short time where the bumpy road was just the most perfect skateboarding road you could ever ever imagine the um the BMXs and the racers they kind of preceded the advent of mountain bikes. Do you remember like the first mountain bike you ever saw? Because it's quite a co- weird concept. Before that, I'd only ever knew BMXs, racers. Races, that yeah, was that was the two. Now I don't remember the first one I saw. I just remember being like, I think of all of the possessions I've had in my life, my black Carrera mountain bike. Was it a Krakatoa? Yes. Oh my god! It was a Krakatoa. That was the most coveted bike for me when I was a kid. Oh my a kid god. had one at yeah, primary school, and it, I was it, like, "Oh my god, a Krakatoa!" It was the Carrera Krakatoa, and it served me for so many years. And I used to treat this bike like shit. There would be no kickstands at all. Yeah. Once I reached my destination, I am launching that bike onto the floor <laughs> and sprinting off and leaving it, just potentially even in the middle of the road, but certainly. If there was a bike thief in the loose in Oaklands, they would have had no problem at all obtaining themselves a Krakatoa. Yes, it was a Carrera Krakatoa. So Carrera were the Halfords home brand, weren't they? They were, yeah, yeah. So Halfords is um, like a chain store of, I mean, what were they? Car and bike sort of maintenance? Yeah, basically. Store. But they sold their mountain they're still, bikes. They're still, they're still but they still got on Carrera. It's still good bikes as well. Apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, no, this Carrera Krakatoa was just... Was it the Krakatoa? Or was it one of the models down and I coveted the Krakatoa? I know the Krakatoa. I really wanted one of those when I was a kid. It's a great name as well, isn't yeah. it? Carrera Krakatoa. What yeah. a fucking bad boy. It just sounds But tough, it was this black it? and gold one. It may have, maybe, maybe, again, it that wasn't the Krakatoa. Like and I, and I wanted the Krakatoa because it was like the elite version yeah. of the one I had. But I was so happy with this bike. I, apart from the situation where i pulled a wheelie and it went down the road which i mentioned in one of the other episodes i think yeah. and there was another time where i was having a race and i got basically like you know you can cut somebody up to kind of push them in and i got cut up and drove into a fire hydrant like, but fire hydrants in the uk were like totally different to the american ones you know they're kind of little yellow concrete things weren't they yeah kind of like a little signpost and i just went straight to that at full speed as well and it was a big it was a big stack, as we used to call it those days. Stacked Stacking it. it. I stacked it. Yeah. Stacked it big time. But apart from that, this bike was just 
bulletproof. It's like your best Never friend you bike when you're that age. Like, it just oh, gets it just, you around. Like, it gets you around so efficiently. The freedom it affords you when you're that age. Like, yeah, just go you anywhere. can do jumps and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, we used to have, used to go as far as, actually once I cycled to my uncle's house, which is near Hitchin. That's a fair distance. Me and Alan got on our bikes and it took us about four hours to get there. Yeah, yeah. My, my aunt and uncle are just the most chill people ever. They have got this amazing house just outside of um, Hitchin, between Hitchin and, and Luton, pretty much. And um, it's this beautiful farmhouse in the, like in the middle of the middle of kind of fields and stuff like that. And they've got a barn, which has been converted to have like a swimming pool and a sauna. I mean, it's just like, it's just amazing. And I was obviously telling Alan about this and he's like, we should go. And so I was like, in a car, it's 30 minute drive. Like it's a long way. Yeah, yeah, it's a long way. And we, and we cycled it. And like, I don't think we told anyone where we're going, <laughs> but my aunt was just so chill. She was like, cool, you can stay the night. So we like, spend the night. So obviously she must've phoned back or we phoned our parents all where we are. We kind of stayed there. We were in the swimming pool. We were like, this is the best. And we cycled home the next day, but it was about a three and a half, four hour ride. So yeah, I mean, it, it gave you levels of freedom you could not even imagine. And when you lived in a, a relatively small village like I did, you could then cycle to the other villages, which you could walk, yeah. but it's you're talking like probably not enough time between meals to do the walking, but suddenly you could do it in, 20 minutes 25 minutes and explore all these all these areas really kind of evokes that sort of feeling you know like in a like a spielberg 80s film like goonies or i know et when you've got the kids in the summer riding their bikes just like independent uh, oh yeah it was the best it it was the best it was it was it was absolute freedom and um yeah so it suddenly started to unlock all of these other villages which had different shops yeah so different sweet shops and like Others used to like, for example, Nebworth had a train station, and actually that was probably our closest train station, but not by car, but by bike. Because if you cut through all of the woods, you could get there in like fifteen minutes if you really knew your way. Um, and it was just, and then yeah, so and then Welling Village on the other side. So we had like this kind of this network of like four or five different villages that were theirs for the for the exploration. And that's what's so great about the area, isn't it? All these villages kind of connected by woods. Yeah, exactly. When you've got a mountain bike, you can go over anything. Really no, nice. exactly. I had the, had the woods at the top of the house with the sand dunes I was telling you about. So there was jumps and there was kind of things to do. And, and then, of course, like going to and from my, my, my friend's house at the time. So going to and from Rick's house was just a, was just a joy. Like it was, it's a, it's a five-minute thing as opposed to a 15-minute walk. Yeah, yeah. It used to be just like, yeah, it just used to be absolutely perfect in terms of getting around. How many... Uh... How many mountain bikes do you have? Did you always just have that? Um, Pretty much, yeah. Carrera one. I can't remember. I can't remember being the Carrera, but it was kind of. I must have got it when I was maybe eleven. Yeah. Ten, eleven, and kept it till I was maybe fourteen. It's only about four years where you really hardcore on the bike because then you kind of almost feel like you're a bit too old for a bike when you get to like fifteen. Ah, oh, but I used to use my bike still. Like, so my mountain bike when I had a job at the Red Lion Pub. I would cycle to, to work and back on that and I'd go through the woods at the top of like near really? where I was school was Monk's Wall. Yeah, yeah, I was still using it then. Yeah, and maybe I, I was. I, I don't know. I remember one of my friends, Mark, got a moped when he was 16 and I'm not sure I was using it at that point. I was just walking everywhere again. I didn't want to be seen on a bike. Yeah, no, I, was, I always use my bike like to, to cricket games and stuff. We'd have like a match. I'd always cycle to them. I think like... Um, where did you play cricket? 
Well, I played for the, the school, but also for Wellington Cricket Club. Hey, I, I know I know Wellington Cricket Club like the back of my hand. Yeah. What, yeah. Did you, what, what position did you? you I was the opening bowler. Key. You're the opening bowler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not much of a batsman, but uh, yeah, opening bowler. Bowlers not often are. But yeah, and no, I used to go to the cricket club quite a lot. I used to go and watch the first team play there sometimes as well at weekends if it was like it's a chill, hot day. Yeah, it's really it's really nice. He used to be like seconds away from Alan's house as well, so I used to just leave his front door and then be at the cricket club. He used to play there as well, I think. Yeah, I'd always, always cycle there. Yeah. Like, um, my friend Ben and I joined up with a mountain biking club. We only ever did one, one event. We did like a proper race. That was fucking hardcore. Like, I thought I was pretty good on my bike. You know your woods and stuff like the back <laughs> of your hand, don't you? Yeah, And then totally. when you actually get into like a competitive situation, it's fucking freezing cold day. Um, and I had those little mountain biking gloves, you know, like the, the fingerless ones, yeah. like kind of neoprene ones. Did fuck all, really. Um, and I had like quite a decent bike. I'd got myself a second mountain bike by this point because I wanted to like, race them. Just touch just... on those gloves, aren't it? Like, when the fuck does the palm of your hand ever get cold? Yeah, Never. Like when do your fingers get cold? I don't understand. When do your fingers get cold? Always. So what the fuck is this point of these cut-off gloves? Well, this was my downfall as well. So I think Ben Griffin, uh, the other guy who was in the race with me, I was way ahead of him. I was doing really well. How, I mean, I was probably middle of the pack, but I was doing better than the pack. Ben, you so. weren't at the end. Yeah, yeah. And they had like proper, this course had like proper swallow holes. So as they were taking us around and said, well, you can either, you can either at this point. It's a either, swallow hole. Swallow hole. <laughs> Is it called Swallow Hole? <laughs> it sounds like something you might encounter in, your, <laughs> in the woods. In a flamboyant uh, nightclub. Um, the Swallow toilets. Hole. Ah, just, just pop it through the Swallow Hole. No, see no, what no. Happens. We don't have urinals here, we just have the Swallow Hole. <laughs> Isn't the Swallow Hole like the big kind of ditches that you'd get in the woods? Like natural kind of. Well, I've never heard of If you're you listening it. to this. And you've heard of swallow hole. To be before. fair, to be fair, the Parsons nose was a thing. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. booty bag was a thing. Yeah, These yeah, are not yeah. fabrics of our imagination. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, on reflection, swallow holes are dodgy names. So anyway, once you approach the swallow hole, <laughs> you could either um, cautiously take your bike off and put it on your shoulder because these bikes were proper light. It was a Kona bike. I had, but they're really light. So Kona is a really good one. Yeah, it's quite quite a decent bike. You put it on your shoulder and you could run with it or you could attempt to actually kind of stay on the bike and go down it. I remember the first lap going round. At the top of the swallow hole was where the crowds were kind of forming because they knew that some of the, like the better bikers were obviously like kind of taking off and jumping down and stuff. My plan all along was to put my bike on my shoulder and run down there because I was fairly fit at the time. But when I saw the crowds, I was thinking, oh, fuck it, no, I'm going to try and do this. So I, <laughs> I kind of like got a pretty good bit of air coming off. And I think if, as long as I land at the right angle when I am coming down, you want to kind of You're nose diving. both. Yeah, you want both wheels kind of hit at the same time. Yeah. So my plan was then, okay, right, I'll launch myself, both wheels hitting as I'm going down the slope and I'll come back up. But that was fine. So I did, I managed that part of it. What I didn't realize is how fast I'll be going. So when I got to the top part, I just got launched in the air, nuts hit the, the crossbar kind of in front of the crowd so everyone saw it everyone's like ooh like this <laughs> trying, to, trying to like play it cool still even though I was in loads of pain but at that point that's when I put my bike on my shoulder and sort of hobbled everyone's overtaking me and I'm going like this gravel path I'm hobbling to my bike <laughs> on my shoulder what a loser um, but why uh, that, why that's did... not what finished me though it was the cold that got me in the end so <laughs> oh, like God. I was doing quite well and like, it was so cold that my fingerless gloves weren't protecting my fingertips <laughs> Ben Griffin had his big skiing gloves on, so he just went whizzing past me. I was like, crouched by the side. He went whizzing past you because he had better gloves. Yeah, yeah, because I was still, I got off my bike. I was trying to warm my hands up, like blind on them because it was so <laughs> cold. I felt like I was going to get frostbitten. 
So I think I, I placed one, one person behind Ben because of my gloves. I survived the swallow hole, but I didn't survive and the cold. Was Ben second last by any chance? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Anyone who comes behind Ben is finishing last in that race, I'll tell you that much, after what you've just, after what you've just articulated. So, so um, why did you not do it again? Yeah, I think it's the humiliation, really. Um, but maybe, I think soon after that, maybe, I don't think Ben and I kind of didn't have a massive falling out, but I think I kind of drifted apart. drifted apart a little bit, yeah. So maybe that's why we didn't. Where was this biking. event taking place? Well, it was part of this, there was a bike shop in Stevenage. So we were cycling for that team. So we had like the proper jersey with like oh. the advertising and stuff on Wait a second. So you, were, you had to go practices, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. How often did you do a practice? I think we did two practices before. <laughs> so you did two practices straight into the race. You were fucking jersey and you were racing for the team. I think it was, I was 15. Like, things that you think you're indestructible, don't you? You just like, launch yourself off. You? Oh, I think more and more worried about the, the sanity of this racing club that says this, this is two... This is two practice run rookie. <laughs> represent, yeah, but they had different races for like. Represent them. Oh, this was like D yeah. class or something. Yeah, like the adults and so stuff. So he became right bottom. bottom of D class. It's like little kids on their bikes with stabilizers. The absolute the lowest place in that event you managed to capture. <laughs> Congratulations. At least, at least you did it. At least Still you competed. <laughs> well, well, you say that. <laughs> you came last. So that's competing badly. But what I think about. Um, so I remember Ben had a really. Sw- <laughs> I was about to say, Ben had a really sweet helmet. <laughs> yes, you used to have to wear. Did you used to wear helmets? I stick by that. Ben had a really sweet helmet. But did yeah, you, you had to. Did you? Did you? When generally, when you were cycling around your neighbourhood. No, no, no. But you had to for the race. You had no, to wear a I didn't. Nobody had to wear one apart from Andrew Watty and his mum. Used to well, his mum made him. Made him oh, wear the no. helmet. So like, we didn't even own a helmet. <laughs> no, no. No, not before I started racing, I didn't have one. Before I started racing. <laughs> the before the two, mountain bike. Two warm-ups and one last place. <laughs> you should I, write a fucking autobiography. I can't confirm you should, write, you should write an autobiography. About, you should write an autobiography about your <laughs> racing days. <laughs> My race. Something like that by Michael Lord. <laughs> so my, my helmet was made by Bell. The bell helmet, the bell end. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! That's and do you know what color it was? Genius, pink, no purple. The <laughs> <laughs> purple bell end. And ben, ben got like a more expensive one than me. He like really splashed out on his bell end, and he got like a, a white one. It's like quite a sleek one. I don't think it was actually for mountain like biking. Like a Chris Hoy. Aerodynamic, yeah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Fucking With his skiing gloves on and his white, his white belly. <laughs> off road. I know. What kind of idiot would come behind that? Yeah, oh. all the gear and no idea, definitely. We went out. Um, well, he said that he still got placed higher than you, so. <laughs> I think he had skiing gloves. Only because he had skiing gloves. Maybe it was the aerodynamics of the helmet that we got him. Maybe. We used Maybe. to go practicing the, the, the woods. At the top of where Monk's Walk was. What's the name of those woods? Can you remember? Sharing something. Sherrod's Wood. Sherrod's Wood, yeah. Sherrod's Wood. I remember like... I'm never sure um, if it's Sherrod's Wood Wood or if it was just Sherrod's Wood. Because it was Sherrod's a wood. Sherrod's Wood Wood. But Sherrod's Wood is probably the name of the wood. I think it was, yeah. Sherrod's. Because there used to be the really posh school that used to be Sherrod's Wood. Oh, there was, wasn't there? Yeah. Never, always a bit mysterious. Just drive past it every day but never went in ever. So when Ben and I went to the Sherrod's Wood Wood. To, uh, to do a bit of practice. We thought, okay, just try and imagine some scenarios it might come across. Oh, there might be some big tree roots that we have to jump over on the course. So we would kind of like pull some like kind of um, trees, small trees over that have fallen down, put them in 
in front of a path, come hurtling down and jump over him. We was getting quite good, and then we decided to like stack them up a little bit more. So I had like two or three of these small trees on top of each other. Uh, I made Ben go down first, and we were going fucking fast down this thing. But I would stand there to like watch him to see how much clearance he got over the tree. Um, and luckily, he'd bought his new his new helmet because he came hurtling down. He hit a rock. He got flung from his bike. He he cleared the trees. His bike didn't. He cleared the trees head first for his trees, and then landed head first into a rock. And his helmet split in half. Wow. He would have died, I reckon, if he didn't have that helmet on. He had a world-class balance. Yeah. <laughs> Me. <laughs> and the helmet. Yeah. Oh, so you were pretty into your biking. Yeah, never really quite so. It. Never quite so racy. I think we used to do is go up to the sand dunes and just... Chris Bainbridge used to have a diamondback BMX. And oh, that, diamondback with this. That was his, like... Yeah. It was like rolling up in a Ferrari when he used to show up. And he used to just jump any number of people lying down in the east. Do you have some skills? Some skills for yeah. jumping people. Yeah, nobody ever got landed on, which is pretty dicey, really. You don't get landed on at the end of a BMX jump when you're Oof. just lying down. No way, no. Do you have down. those like little um, pegs at the front? Yeah, the what are they called? Kick? No. I don't know. Kick plates is something. What's that from? It's some skateboarding or something. Um, yeah, they're pegs, something pegs. They're on the, yeah. back, on the back and on the front as well. Because so bikes get... like that, they would have the... The kind of crossbar, but they had like a system where the brakes, the the wire for the brakes would kind of split around the kind of the head part of the of the handlebars, so you could kind of spin the wheels round about the yeah, wires yeah, getting yeah, tangled yeah, up. Exactly, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that all that pegs. I Fancy what pegs are called. Yeah, no, it was, it was a badass. It was, and he was he was pretty good with it. To be fair, didn't see him that often, but when he did, he was always an event because we was to get people to lie down next to each other and used to jump over them like evil Knievel I never used to lie down my brother used no, to be that. my brother all the younger kids <laughs> all the younger kids <laughs> were always first in line to be the guinea pigs for this for this I don't think I, I think I might have lied down once but I was in position one do you like, like set up a ramp then first no no because it was already there because it's in this, like, this, oh, these sand dunes had these like, I'm not sure if somebody like carved them out or something for like BMX probably a swallow hole probably was a swallow hole but I remember going out there once and somebody had dug like what you would describe as a swallow hole <laughs> And it was pretty. Um, it was pretty like a new feature had been added to the the park. So there's obviously people going up there which we didn't ever see, which were using it for those kind of practice activities. It's like nature's half pipe. Well, so with your biking team, did you give your shirts back or do you just keep them? I think they were borrowed. I don't think we got to take them. And how did the how did the how did the team react to your performance? Did you get any feedback? I think they were pretty happy with it. To be fair, I think like um, coming last. I don't think I come last. Well, so even after that epic stack, there was something. Yeah. Okay. You must have been in a really low class. I've been a really low class. <laughs> People with stabilizers and shit going around. Wheelchairs. Yeah, wheelchairs and stabilizers. Just about pipping them to the post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Out of the way, Timmy. Up the massive stack and carry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, did you ever. I reckon you probably did this. On your bike, did you ever kind of um, tape some card? To the back section, so they hit the yeah. Fuck hit yeah. the spokes. Yeah, sound a bit like that. It's always on a quest to find the most sturdy cardboard. You had to find it couldn't be too stiff because otherwise it would just kind of ping back. Yeah, you had to have enough flex in it where it would kind of spring back again, but make a loud enough noise as Did well. Did you have spoky dokies? Spoky dokies. I was just thinking that when I was in the toilet. 
What were they? Were they, they little were those things? Little of... kind of beads that used to go on your wheel, and then as you used to cycle, they used to go from the top of the spoke to the bottom of the spoke, and then vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must be so annoying for our neighbours going around the block on that. Spoky dokies, yeah. The more so the kind of turbocharger, a bit of um, <clears throat> bit of fabric, or no, a bit of fabric, a bit of cardboard. Yeah, so cool. Sometimes trying to do a double one as well, so you'd have like two on the back and one on the front. Oh, I never as well. did that. It used to be pretty noisy, loud. didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Really loud. Yeah. We tried that, you know, like plastic flower pots as well. Like yeah, I thought over. that'd be quite good. That was one of the things. Really? That maybe, yeah, I, yeah. maybe I tried that as well. More of a metallic kind of sound as well. Right? Yeah, well, we used to, like, well, speaking back about clubhouses, we also used to have for like this. So like, our garage blew down in the great hurricane of 87. <laughs> Did it? It was the most weird thing. It used to be like this proper old school garage. So like. I don't remember it much because it was only there for maybe a year or two years after I moved in. And when I moved in, I was like four or five. So it was this real ramshackle with two like wooden doors that split in the middle, like almost like an old barn. It was okay, really, yeah, yeah. really beat up piece of shit. And I remember coming back home one day in the car and it was the day of the hurricane, you know, where they got the forecast mega wrong. Yeah. And, um, and I just stood there as the door was about to be open. So the front door was about to be opened and we had the driveway that kind of not the, we used the side door not the front door the front door was for ceremonial purposes only yeah same yeah <laughs> weird as fuck um, but the side door the, the garage used to go down the side of the house and the, the, the driveway used to go down the side of the house and used to have the, the um, garage and I just remember getting out of the car one day looking over thinking this is really windy and then the whole back of this garage just blew out well you saw it happen yeah oh my god yeah it was pretty amazing and then my dad I remember <laughs> I don't know if I say this or not I remember my dad kind of going the next day with a hammer and chisel to make the kind of one remaining wall seem a lot less stable than it might be and then like three months later we had this badass brand new garage installed which has kind of had this kind of like little cubby area at the back of the garage and a little bike shed at the back like nice. with his own windows and, and power sockets and everything inside it yeah yeah which was just like and we put some mattresses up the back we had a little light in there as well and it was just like this ultimate clubhouse but it used to be just like place where my dad stored his shit apart from the lower garage the, the, the little shed at the bottom of the, the back of the garage where my racer bike used to just wait perpetual with two flat tyres to never be rode again <laughs> yeah. and all of the fishing gear we used to have because oh, we used to like God, my dad used gear. to i think my dad must have really enjoyed fishing at one time in his life i never really i think i went with him twice oh really maybe maybe more maybe maybe five times i don't know not very many times but i just got the bug for fishing big time we used to go to stanber lakes because yeah. my next door neighbor mike used to love it as well Giz used to come sometimes do you ever fish on the river as well in stanborough no, never fished in the river, awesome. just 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 the lake. And I used to have another friend called Philip Kenworthy, and, who's a guy who I told you about in previous episodes. I used to go and spend summer with him sometimes when my mum was working. And um, we used to go fishing, and it used to be an all-day affair. We'd get up early, we'd get driven to the lakes, we'd have our seats, we'd have our sandwiches, yeah. and I think at times even a portable radio if we were Did you really have one of the, um, the Shakespeare boxes? No, no, uh, no. Oh no, I did have a, I did have a Shakespeare. I, that's a lie. I did have a Shakespeare box, the kind of plastic one. You had like a sort of foam sort yeah. of cushion that went on top of it. Yeah, still, yeah. It, it, exactly. keep all your gear inside it. Yeah. Uh, did I have a Shakespeare? Or did I want a Shakespeare? I think I had one as I was, as I was older. Originally, I got like my dad's hand me down, which was like this wooden, uh, this kind of metal frame 
with like a padded seat on top, like proper old school with like a seatbelt style um, strap for carrying it with and like really old school. You used to go to the bait shop and get your pint of maggots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then to then just spend a day kind of with um, all the different, like you try a bit of float fishing, you try some, some weight fishing for, yeah. the, for the carp. and then Leisure. Uh, yeah, that's it. And then, then um, you'd do the swim feeders as yeah, well, yeah. the swim feeders, which kind of used to slowly release the maggots. And um, yeah, and I, I kind of occasionally would catch a fish. I don't think it was like by certain any means a, a regular occasion. Um, nothing like bream and carp was the ones we used to catch. Like I think occasionally, once every couple of sessions, we'd catch like an okay fish. It was n- not a regular occurrence. Yeah. And I remember my brother coming once and catching like his first fish, and he was. You'd obviously seen too many films where they kind of like you get a bite and you just yank the rod, and this fish must have been. <laughs> maybe like a stickleback 10 centimeters long <laughs> so it was the far end of Stanbury lake so he gets his bite and he just jerks the rod back as if he's like trying to snag jaws this fish just launches oh, into the sky no. and gets stuck up a tree because oh, no. <laughs> all of the fishing wire got kind of like this was like high up this was like five meters high so yeah, it was yeah. really high up um other than that and maybe some traumatic times with ducks where they used to get too close to my flies but i fucking get away because i was always worried about like snap i was always worried about fishing hooks in general yeah, i was always yeah. worried about snagging a, a duck but once i went with philip philip and i and we were a bit of a dream team when it came to fishing he was much better than me we caught a 25 pound motherfucking carp did you the, the biggest i caught was i've only got into double figures once i think of carp 25 pounds this massive. thing was as fucking half the size of me it was yeah, that's huge massive we had to kind of run around i had to run up halfway around the lake to find a fisherman with the scales big enough for it they took our name we had like the record we had the record catch for the season and stuff what, like um, that. what method did you use to catch that float fishing with sweet corn that is a good way to catch a fish that size as well because in stanber lakes you'd get these proper carp nerds like there's two the types boilies. of fishes you get like the leisure kind of fishes but then you get like the yeah the carp fishermen they'd have like tents They'd have like like all their like gear out. They'd have like proper things that sleep in, like your sleeper bags. And those line bite detectors. Oh, I always so wanted. I always wanted a line bite detector. Yeah, it just makes a beeping noise, doesn't it? But there's basically no skill in it because they get these boilies, which are kind of like these kind of sugary yeah, yeah. balls. They'd launch loads of those out. You kind of like then they'd have. I think it was just in the weight, wasn't it? And I think the the boilie kind of just floated just above the surf, um, above the the floor of the of the lake, and they'd just sit there for hours, just waiting to hear this beep. Yeah, it was, but like to catch you with float that's a float was, uh, was a the way the warrior and then we used to have those what they called where you used to have these kind of metal poles you'd put the line through them then you'd wait the line and if you got a bite this thing would go to the top of the pole yeah remember those things yeah, yeah. I, I, I always used to hate taking the fish the hook out because we used to have barbed barbed yeah they don't they're, they're, they're banned now aren't they I think the in most hooks. places barbed hooks are banned yeah and then yeah. you used to get the like the warden that used to come around you used to pay your like you, 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 fish, you used to get a fishing license as well. Yeah, so you would have had the lake one because there was um, a river license you could have as well because we, we were like a big fishing family. So for a good three or four <laughs> years, family. we'd go like almost weekly for, for quite a long time. Uh, so we'd all, we all had our own like box and rods and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, you'd have to get like a, a river license because the Stanbury Lake, how big would you say that lake was? Like to walk Pretty around big. it, it's a big lake, wasn't it? 
maybe hour to walk around 20 minutes yeah. Yeah. i think we got the scale thing like if you saw it now it'd probably be much smaller than there's two it. sides as well in there because oh like the, for the both the other side is even bigger the, the boat inside was, inside, like, yeah. was it a boat inside bigger three legs there was even a little small one which was like a tributary lake yeah next so to the, the uh next to the the um swimming board yeah the river the riverside is really good i've caught trout in that river on in uh in stanborough i really i always used to be about like big fucking fish mm. but yeah. then, then there was a part of the river if you walked Oh, I don't know how far it would have been, but probably like say twenty minutes along the river, you get to a part where it kind of got a bit wider and quite still, so it wasn't very fast flowing, and that's where all the carp would be. So I used to do floating crusts, which was literally like um, a very, very, very lightweight, but just with a crust of bread on the hook, and you'd kind of flick it out onto the surface, and then you'd actually see the carp in the summer. You'd see them actually come up to the surface. You'd see like a big pair of lips come up and like grab the, yeah. the crust. That was awesome. So exciting. Yeah, no, I know. I, 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 I still love fishing. Like, I mean, not related to nostalgia at all, but when I went to Hawaii, I did a deep sea fishing oh, wow, and yeah. caught a marlin. And like, it's just a completely different sport. That is, isn't well, it's, it? it's completely, but it, for me, it's kind of, I can see why people think it's a bit cruel. And I kind of agree because removing the hook's not fun and it no. does look a bit distressing for the fish, but it, apparently they don't feel any pain. But for me, it's just that mystery of not knowing what it's going to be yeah. what it's going to be first and foremost and if you're going to get one mm. and also just being outside in nature there's something really nice about that as well yeah. i mean it's just it's just a combination of good things and also like good memories as well um, oh definitely yeah yeah but yeah no I, I used to i used to love fishing i'd probably over the summer holidays i'm surprised i didn't mention this during the summer holidays episode do it probably like five times at least i would say i guess that's probably when i went cause i always just go with my dad um because of these like strange sort of hours he'd kind of wake up and then we'd go but sometimes at weekends he would put us in the back of his delivery van his, his bread delivery van like really early in the morning and get somewhere so you kind of like wake up from the back of the van get let, let out looking around and you can kind of see like the sort of mist coming up off of the river and you can kind of see the, the water almost looks like it's boiling a bit where it's bubbling all the fish are coming up at that time oh, that's fucking cool yeah, yeah really 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 cool I used I've, to. I've still got a trophy of um we did like a family competition, like fishing competitions. We'd have like a set over a few days and it was by, I don't think it's by the number of fish, but by the weight. So you'd have to weigh each one and weigh it down. Yeah. I absolutely caned everyone. Oh, really? <laughs> like, yeah. How many fish would you catch them? I can't remember now, but I know that at one point I couldn't not catch a fish. I was basically like casting in. I'd go around to my brother where he was in his swim, go and talk to him. And then some guy would say, you need to keep an eye on your rod because you've got a fish in there. I go back, I run back to the rod and like, it's like bent around. There's like a big barbel on the end of it. <laughs> well, that's lucky. Yeah, well, I was, say, I'd, rather be, so lucky. I'd rather be a lucky fisherman than a good fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, I think it must be like one summer. I just couldn't stop catching fish. Amazing. Decent sizes as well. But yeah, a barbel was always a quite, quite a hard fish to catch. There weren't as many of them as around. It's kind of yeah. like a, almost like a stretched carp. I always wanted to catch a pike. Yeah, I know. That was the pike. dream because because on the fishing terms and conditions, you could actually keep a pike or yeah. zander. Yeah, because they're predators, weren't they? Zanders pike were even zanders. rarer. There were zanders in um, Stanbury. Yeah, yeah, but you were allowed to keep them. They're the only fish you were allowed to keep. And I don't even eat fish. I mean, not at the time. I hated it. But it was just the fascination of like, because yeah. apparently they're vicious. And I used, to, vicious, I used to love getting it? the fishing books and just looking at all the different types of fish and yeah, just reading up about them. It's so interesting. Another one that's quite hard to catch, and my dad got one once in a river, it was a grayling. Do you know those? They've kind of had no. like a... My experience is pretty much only Stanbury Lake, so if they're not, yeah. I don't think they're in there. No, no, because they're like river, river ones, but they're, they're kind of like a little bit like a 
chub. This is really geeky fishing stuff now. But a bit like a chub, so it's quite a slim sort of long fish, but it had like a big sort of sail-like fin on it. Uh, yeah, they're pretty cool. They're very cool. I kind of, um, I uh, think there's only like five different, six different types of potential fish from Stanborough Lakes. They had big bream, didn't they? In there? Bream, Some perch, of perch are pretty cool. Yeah, they're predators. Pike perch. Yeah. And then pike, and then zanders, and then carp. Yeah. I think that was it. Some of the carp and the bream in there were really fat because of all the boilies that these carp fish yeah, were well, throwing. Yeah, well, this 25-pound <laughs> monster that I got from the lakes, with me and Philip got from the lakes, was, um, was a, a sight to behold. It really was. Do you, get, um, do you used to take photos of each other? Yeah, I've actually got yeah. this photo at home of me. Yeah. I'm wearing the old Liverpool candy top. See, that's something to put on the, on the blog, actually. Cause I think I've probably got pictures. Young Michael with a little perch, probably, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, we'd, we'd definitely have to get those up there. Um, but yeah, no, so fishing was very, very fond memories of yeah. the great I'd quite happy to go fishing now, actually, talking about it. I would quite happily go yeah. fishing now. We should go fishing. Yeah, we should go fishing. We should go fishing. We should go sea fishing. Or even like, there's got to be rivers and lakes around here as well. Yeah, we should go fishing. Mm. We'll look into that. Mm. To, be, to be continued, I've the fishing one. Got two. I've got two. I've definitely got one. Oh, really? Mm. Sea fishing rod I've got here, yeah. Yeah, I tend to just tire it when I need it now, but I'd love to go fishing. Anyway, mm. um, <laughs> one, thing I, one thing I forgot <laughs> to mention earlier was like, what did you do? How did your outdoor, how did the great outdoors change when the magical white stuff used to hit? Cocaine. Yes. <laughs> Snowing. Oh man, I remember like the, snow wasn't days. Wasn't they just the fucking best thing ever? Wake up, wake up in the morning, that whole landscape's completely possibly changed. even better than Christmas Day in, yeah, in a weird way because day off school, fuck my life, yeah, this is yeah. as good as it gets. Day off school plus. The world has dumped a toy yeah. on every surface that I can now use. Ah, something like the crispness of the air and that untrodden <sighs> snow. I had so we used to like we used to quite a hilly area in Oakland. And you know where the well, as you used to come in and out of the village, there used to be like these big fields to one side. They're quite steep, weren't they? They're very steep, and they used to lead up to these woods and beside the road. And I don't know what happened. Well. There's a big snowfall one year, and literally everyone from the village went to these. I like, was sledging down this really steep hill with loads of snow. Yeah. I got in a snowball fight, <laughs> my claim to fame, with Kim Wilde. Really? Because yep. she lived nearby. Because she, she lived in Nebworth. Oh, was it Nebworth? I think it was Nebworth. Oh, her recording studio was in uh, Nebworth. Yeah, yeah. I think she lived Sorry. in Chewing. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, the word had got to young. And it would have been young Kim at the time, who, when you were like a nine year old boy, it was just like this. <laughs> Very good looking as well. Yeah, very good looking. Um, and it was the height of her fame as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Like probably like late 80s, like the height of Kim Wilde's fame. And um, yeah, we all kind of congregated to this field where it seemed everyone was there. Everyone in kind of everything from like plastic sheets to some people had proper sledges. Some people were literally using trains. <laughs> I was going to say, right, the first time when we moved to, to Hertfordshire, from, well, to Welling from Hatfield, we went on that very slope. And I remember taking the piss out of this guy because he was wearing like long johns, a like proper Hertfordshire eccentric long johns. I think he'd like tied with string two planks of wood to his feet. <laughs> he'd always get some cunt with some skis. Yeah. There'd always be some cunt being pulled down the road on some skis yeah, or a snowboard. Yeah. Like probably, there's a, like every, that always fucking happens. Um, but yeah, so th this was just Come legendary. Wild. And I, I don't, I think we just had this plastic sheet of tarpaulin, which looks crappy. But I can tell you what, there's no better sledge in the world Rapid, than plastic tarpaulin. This is like oh, Cool Runnings, Cool Runnings <laughs> Oakland's edition, just shooting down the hill. 
and it i think it got so dangerous that the farmer had to then put these fences at the bottom of the hill because it would have actually just overshot straight onto the road the only problem with those tarpaulin ones is that they're really fast but if you go over a rock oh yeah it's like a horrible massage (laughs) Like a very vicious, horrible massage. Oof. But yeah, the, the, the trays used to... My mum used to have a metal trays to be good. And I told you about my technique ways to use my mum's marigolds over my ultra-absorbent yeah, woolen yeah, gloves for mega snowball launching. So but did you actually hit Kim Wilde with a snowball? You take her out? I like in Dumb and Dumb. I, I wish I could say I, I remember, but I just remember... And I had no fucking idea who this woman was. It was only when we got back home oh, afterwards really? when somebody was... When the mums were saying... Yeah, they had a snowball fight with Kim Wilde. And I'm just like, who's that? She's like, the lady, the woman that you're playing snowball fights with. I was like, who's that? She was like, Kim Wilde. I was like, yeah, who, who is Kim Wilde? I had no idea at the time. And then only as I got maybe a couple of years older, I realised who she was and the significance, particularly in her life, of spending some time, Review. quality time with nine-year-old Owen. Yeah, Getting absolutely. pelted. Getting Golf style with snowballs. Smattered in the white stuff. <laughs> Uh, um yeah no snow days were the best days yeah and the sadness of when the snow was melting used to be like sludgy oh it'd just be so sad it'd just be like used to be kind of hanging on hope that there might might be a second snow day and you ever make snowmen yeah i don't think we really ever did no definitely like a not a very good one i don't think but our garden was kind of downhill so it made natural snowman building because you could just start at the top and just roll the ball down it's quite good how it kind of like snowballs like cartoons do actually work oh yeah it like works yeah. Um, i remember like um someone's mentioned this the other day on our whatsapp thread thread with our friends that um i think a few years above us we maybe were in like first or second year in secondary school and maybe some of the older kids have made like a giant snowball to kind of like just rolled it all across the fields. And Luke Simmons, I think our friend Neo said that he got crushed underneath this thing, but I don't think he did. I think he got put on top of it and it was really tall. He couldn't get off of it. <laughs> Either way, yeah, I've got a, a good memory of Luke Simmons sitting on top of a giant snowball made by the, the older kids at school. One, one thing I do remember is that those snowballs, if you've got a good snowman or a good snowball, it used to last for fucking ever. Like... Like it used to just stay long past all the snow was gone. You if you really compacted kind of, it as well, so yeah. it's icy. Yeah, exactly. I used to love snow. It used to be just everything good, but it never snowed on Christmas. And that, I think there's one year mm. I remember having a white Christmas, and it was yeah. the most glorious thing. I think there's nothing more annoying to be discussed in the Christmas episode than a sunny Christmas day. Mm. It just feels like such an anticlimax. But anyway, but yeah snow was the absolute best because generally I don't remember it snow much at weekends it always seemed to snow yeah, it's always the a day week. of school isn't it yeah. and it would be just like is it enough is it enough is it enough and more is it going to settle is it going to settle is it going to settle that was the big question yeah and if it settled fuck yeah it was fun time but yeah um <laughs> which leads me nicely onto uh almost dying when i was in the scouts so what? Oh, I'm not sure I told you this before. Apologies if I had. Um, but, I don't think so. I don't, well, I we used to do these it. various scout camps. So these be a summer camp, which you last for a week, but most of them were weekends. So you'd go on a Friday evening, come back Sunday evening. So two nights, various different themes, sometimes survival. They did one once where it was this kind of like adventure one, which was pretty badass. Like they were kind of like supposed to be orienteering. And then they kind of like, no, the leaders <laughs> sounds, a bit, sounds a bit weird um kind of like 
turned up in an Ironbark van and bundled us in the back and kind what? of created Put sacks like, over your head. Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> created some sort of kind of like hostage situation and then took us into this kind of like Fucking hell, that is extreme. Yeah, but oh, like it was extreme, but it was really well done and it felt really intense at the time. Like and but anyway, there was this one I think it was one of the survival camps, which were my favourites because I was a bit of a kind of survival expert. Yeah, with my 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 bivouac making skills, I used to be able to make a nice little little shelter for pretty much just the shit around me, like weaving fucking. If you caught a twenty-five pound cod, that'd feed like a big group for you for a couple of days. I wouldn't have eaten it. (laughs) But so I was at this survival camp, and I don't think my mum got the memo because. I think it was in February. It was about minus four. And all I had in terms of a sleeping bag, because I think it was the first time I'd gone to a camp outside summer camp, oh, was my Argos 999 sleeping bag. <laughs> so my friend Alan... But that was really warm. Let me get to it. My friend Alan had his like proper kind of shell suit, kind of stuffed into a tiny, tiny bag, like proper technical sleeping bag, which you'd probably buy from most shops today. I had the one that if an occasional guest came round and they didn't have a bed that was always available to kind of like if a friend stayed over there have a sleeping bag you know so this thing was designed like I think like they used to be seasons they used to get like one season two season yeah, three yeah. season four season and if you were absolute G five season I used to be like it wasn't even five seasons yeah but the five seasons season. is when you're going winter in extra um extra cold winter situation so winter uk and then winter kind of norway or somewhere anyway so alan had this three season sleeping bag which is pretty fucking legit when you're that age i had this argos occasional use sleeping bag and i just remember like we used to stay in these tents like called icelandic tents like to sleep like six to eight people like sardines in this tent pretty big old school as fuck tents like proper fabric and old school wooden pegs like none of this kind of fancy shit yeah and like lights out or whatever it was never kind of like that but we kind of everyone was asleep and i was just so fucking cold <laughs> i couldn't do anything and i honestly thought <coughs> i honestly Excuse thought me. that um i honestly thought that i was i was gonna die that night and Alan not only had his three season sleeping bag, but he also had his occasional use Argos sleeping bag. So he oh. had his occasional use Argos sleeping bag plus his three season sleeping bag. And there I was, <clears throat> shivering uncontrollably. I probably was not far from hypothermia. There's no cold, is there? Like the cold of being cold in a tent. And, and exactly. And I thought, well, I'm not going to make a big fuss about it because <clears throat> like, I'm, I'm camping and maybe this is just what camping's all about. Because <laughs> I'd never only, I'd only been a fair weather camper before this point. So I'm literally like and then at one point my teeth start chattering so loudly <laughs> alan wakes up he's like you're right i was like i'm a little bit cold <laughs> he's like do you want my sleeping bag i was like do you mind he was like no of course not. i'm really hot here so he gave me it's this really like, hot he gave, he gave me this his argos occasional use sleeping bag and obviously it was warm because he was using it as well oh. and i'll tell you what i can still feel this warmth flooding over me like it was like this Dare I say it was like a, no, I'd say that, but it was like this most amazing feeling just rushing over my body with just warmth and being like comfortable and like, and then within three minutes I was asleep. But honestly, I, it was just the most welcome gift I think I've ever had in my life. It probably saved my life in hindsight because I was, 
And then the next morning... You would have thought that they'd check what kind of equipment... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> next morning, everyone was like, it's hard to get up from a fucking warm sleeping bag and when it's like yeah. minus four outside. And everyone was fucking bitching about how cold it was. And there's like, nobody stopped to think about poor Owen with his fucking occasional use Argos sleeping bag. And... Um, but no, I was chipper as fuck the next day because I I just looked death in the in in, in the eye and said not not tonight, death. Yeah, he was given a second chance. I was given a second chance by Alan. Alan, if you ever listen to this, yeah, I owe you my life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I used to go and I used to go I used to go camping quite a lot, and I used to I used to fuck I still fucking love camping now. Like you saw you saw my I've talked about it before my fire making abilities are quite quite legendary. Very impressive. Yeah. Quite quite legendary. And the ability just to be able to kind of like survive outdoors, I think I've been pretty good. Like I think it's because of this I'm into like there's like discover no there's discovery the survival challenges on like the Discovery Channel you know like these yeah, kind yeah. of like man I'd on be one. useless. I'd be pretty fucking legendary on those things. Even like remember that shipwreck program that used to be on E4 where they used to have like the boys island and the girls island. Oh yeah, yeah I actually really went to go on that. Did you? Just because I could demonstrate. Not with my dashing good looks, because it was more like a Love Island kind yeah, of thing yeah. than it was necessarily a survival thing. But I'd be like, I'll show these fuckers a thing or two about building a fucking... Yeah, you might be six foot three and stacked, but look at this. Exactly. Fucking build a bivouac like this, motherfucker. <laughs> Sitting there weaving a hat out of, <laughs> out of fern. Everyone else is getting off each other. Exactly. <laughs> Guys, you were supposed to sweep up camp today. Less of that shenanigans. <laughs> with that harlot. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I used to, I used to love, I used to love, I used to love camping. I, I never, we never, as a family, we never, 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 never did camping. No, we didn't as a family. Apart from, like, my dad went to this father and son camp once with me. Father and son camp. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's one of the one of the scout ones, and oh, no, arranged by the scouts. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I was just amazed by his athletic prowess. Really? Which was would have been surprising because he'd probably been about forty five at the time, smoking like forty cigarettes a day. Yeah. But fuck me, when he started running, he was faster than I... Because he never really, really? run with you. Never saw my dad run, yeah. He was, he was uh, like a whippet. <laughs> <laughs> and he was also really good at being kind of outdoorsy, I guess, being kind of a fisherman and kind of stuff like that. He was, and he was kind of like, yeah, we, we kind of built this amazing kind of, like, literally like this clubhouse of your dreams out of, like, pallets. Really? Yeah, it was amazing. But then it was like, like super... you respect for your dad after Yeah, that. totally. Yeah. Never did ever anything like that ever again. But for one fleeting weekend, I was just like, yeah. my dad really is actually... What well, a hero. He, Bear Grylls would have been about the same age as me, so he wouldn't have been like a Bear Grylls. But he was like this pretty legit survivor dude yeah. who was like really fucking good at everything. But that's probably one of the only times I really remember doing anything like outdoorsy with my dad, apart from the fishing. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course, like he would be obviously working most of the time, so didn't really see him so much during the week and then at weekends i was generally with my friends anyway so and then so yeah but no that was it was some really good memories and like i've said before some really good skills um got my blowjob badge i'm joking there's there's nothing and never any of that Nothing at all. Nothing, nothing at all like that. No, not at all. Like the guys that you used to kind of run. It's a big thing, wasn't it? Like all the rumors about like um, pedo scout leaders and stuff. But I wonder, like, how many of them actually were? Do you think it was? Yeah, it's always a minority, isn't it? That kind of ruins it for the majority. Yeah, blows their cover. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, it's it's just spending too much time in swallow holes. Especially, especially spending like a week away with all your mates in like a glorious field and like 
miles from home where mm. you're living in a tent you're ma- you're cooking your own food and stuff like that it just be like with the rivers and stuff like it used to be with loads of activities planned like going to kind of falconries and places like that yeah yeah no, it I'd used to be shit like that now, really fucking good fun like and and really rewarding to have a kind of nice camp set up as well like with all of your stuff in order like having all the equipment that you need um learning all these new skills and yeah i just used to really 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 love it i mean less so when i'm freezing to death <laughs> or, or some of the other activities which were kind of a little bit um well, they were good they were good they did kind of like but it's boys only i mean just as i was leaving they started letting girls in which, oh, so they do have like mixed scouts now then? They do, yeah, because it used to be the girl the guides. guides. Yeah. Used to be, used to have the beavers, which is a funny the beavers, name. Yeah. Beavers, what a name. The cub scouts, then the scouts, then the venture scouts. I was never a beaver. My brother was a beaver. I thought beavers was the girls' girl guides, the little girl guides one. Well, I think they were mixed at beaver oh, level. Yeah, which is a weird name for a woman beavers. to have. Come on, guys. I'm with the beavers. <laughs> yeah, there's so many jokes there. Um, but yeah, no, it used to be, used to be, but again, I used to ha- kind of not really like going because it used to be meet every week in the scout hut. We used yeah. to play kind of crazy football. Then we'd do an activity or something like that or a game or something. And like, it used to be like an hour a week. And I used to not like going to that because it was just like, it felt like, like it was like all my friends would be playing. They'd see me in my scout uniform, give me a bit of shit for that. And yeah, they'd yeah. Like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. But then when it came to the camps, they could go fuck themselves because it was just the best <laughs> fucking time. I was just so happy to be spending it with friends, generally from a, not from my school either. So they're like a couple of kids that lived up my road, went to different schools. And so we did socialize sometimes, but not regularly. But then you'd have a week away with these kind of guys who were pretty much your good friends, like where you just have like some crazy theme of the week, which some stupid joke that somebody would make up on the way there. And it used to stick the whole time or there used to be a particular song. Or stuff like that. I remember like when we was in the Cubs, so we sitting around a campfire and they was kind of singing these songs. And it was all like, oh, is it? You it never go to was. heaven in a girl guides bra because girl guides bra. Yeah, oh, I, I used to love those but, songs, yeah, but yeah. it was proper fucking kumbaya shit. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, really yeah. was. Yeah. Like we used to sing kumbaya, my lord. Yeah, kumbaya. Yeah, <laughs> and they used to do it in a harmony. So kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. Hello. The computer's just. Um, Ask Siri. Oh, it's because it's Siri. Yeah, I should, oh, turn, Siri. I should turn Siri off, really. Um, but yeah, it used to be real kumbaya shit. And we used yeah. to sort of sing in harmony as well. So one would yeah. go, so kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. But then they'd come in on the next beat, wouldn't they? Kumbaya, kumbaya no, like, my lord, kumbaya. There was another one like that Oh, well, lord, kumbaya. Then I was going, kumbaya, my lord, and start the sentence. And it used to sound like this amazing <laughs> melody. Yeah. Oh god, I still remember some of these songs. They were so fucking weird and cheesy. Oh. Yeah, I can't. Re- I'm trying to think of another one. There's Kumbaya. Like... There's that girl guys bra one. Yeah, and there's I say a boom a chicka boom. And yeah. Say a boom a chicka rock a chicka rock a chicka boom. <laughs> so shit in it. Oh her, oh her, oh yeah. One more time. There's a faster like a boom a chicka boom. <laughs> it's just, yeah, all of these crazy songs, but it used to be crazy. Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut, pizza, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and Pizza Hut, McDonald's, McDonald's, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and a Pizza Hut, McDonald's. Because everyone used to have their own fast food establishment, didn't they? Mm. They used to keep saying it at the right time. Fuck yeah, I forgot all about that. Good times. But yeah, they're really good times. Sitting around with a campfire, having some marshmallows that you could toast on, 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 a, on a stick, occasional ghost stories, and. God, they used to give me the willies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. 
uh-oh. But yeah, he used to be great. And we used to have like a tuck shop. So every day, mm. like he would buy, relevantly enough, loads of penny sweets. Yeah. Like and set up just to like a little legitimate tuck shop where he used to kind of stand in line and used to have like a set amount that your mum would give you for pocket money and used to deduct that amount from the amount you've taken the sweets. And used to every day you used to be able to buy a bag of sweets Penny sweets and used to have quite a cool selection. Oh my god, that was the best. Does it still go on now? Scouts and stuff like that. Yeah. Big time, yeah, yeah, big time. Well, I think Bear Grylls was like really because he's the pay, he's the, the the lead for the UK. He's like the chief oh, scout he? of the UK, which is a really good figurehead to have. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, they had that like a lot of controversy in the USA. Not so much here, I don't think. But yeah, I mean, I remember going down to the scout headquarters um, in London, like. And we used to have like the best scout uniform as well. Is that like a grand scout like master? That's a, that is okay. a chief scout. Is it? So that he's That's like Bear the head honcho. Oh, he's he is basically the... the head head chief scout. He what? Yeah, yeah. Really? Like because it was Baden Powell that started the movement. Mm. The movement. It sounds weird when you say like that. This association. A bit um, yeah, it's a bit culty. But yeah, we used to, like, everyone used to have their own scarf color. Ah, everyone right. used to have to have a the toggle. Toggle. Yeah, and I I crafted my own toggle out of wood yeah yeah, yeah. So whittled I, it. I whittled it with my swiss army pen knife really? you know, the swiss army pen knife yeah, used to yeah, be yeah. like the shit to have for outdoor related things like like used to last forever like bulletproof used to be used for everything that you needed like like depending on your social status depending on how many different blades you have and i remember there used to be some kids with like 15 blades you were like no fucking way you got a magnet you got a fucking magnifying glass <laughs> on your fucking keyring. how cool is that and some also some weird and wonderful things like a little hand saw. Yeah, I remember I had one of the little I had one with a hand saw. Yeah, scissors. The scissors were sharp as shit as mm. well. They always used to be the best scissors in. What else is on there? Like a toothpick. In the house. No, you'd normally have a toothpick and tweezers on the on the tweezers, on the, on yeah, the yeah. ends, um, and then you would have like a one big blade and one small blade, and then a bottle opener, oh, and, yeah, which also opener. had a screwdriver attachment on the top of it. And I tell you what, I use. Maybe with the exception of the bottle opener, bizarrely, because in future life, that would be the only one I'd yeah. use. I used every single one of those blades. I would cut wood with the little handsaw. I would, I would strip wood with the, with the, with the big blade. I yeah, would yeah. use a little blade for kind of cook it, cutting food and stuff like that. I would, I would use the screwdriver bit of the thing. I would use all of those things apart from the toothpick, which always got lost. And yeah, it was, like ever a little, it was a detachable one, wasn't it? Like yeah, and it always thing. went missing. But mm. the tweezers would be there and often be used for removing splinters, which needless to say happened a lot when you're woodworking. But yeah, I remember making this, this, this toggle and it was just, I was just so proud of it because you used to have to wear a toggle representing your spout group. But if you made it yourself, you're allowed to wear it at all times because it was part of the kind of spirit. Did you not like carve any sort of designs into it? Or was it just kind of like a... I think it was just this really or... nice kind of dark kind of barked wood with like a really, I don't know, I, I could never identify different wood types, but it was really nice, all sanded off and stuff like that. It looked yeah, really, yeah. it looked really good. I mean, it's a piece of fucking wood to hold my fucking scarf together. So I remember having to kind of fold your scarf. Maybe you had to fold your scarf. Did you get a badge for, for no, what was the, the first flag. badge you get? Ironing badge. Ironing badge? Yeah, I remember got a badge for ironing. I don't think they had them in the Scouts. They're more that was of, Cubs maybe. Yeah, maybe Cubs. yeah. yeah. Like not wetting yourself badly. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, Think Michael. <laughs> exactly. You went, you've gone one hour without pissing yourself. Have a badge. But the um but yeah, no, I had quite a lot of fucking badges. A lot of fucking badges. My whole arm. What type of I had a full sleeve. A full, <laughs> full sleeve of badges. Yeah, what type of stuff do you get badges for in school? Oh, first aid, um, axe work, uh, woodwork, <laughs> slinging my axe around. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jesus. Um, yeah. Um, all sorts of all sorts. Um, there was swimming. There was like um, oh, yeah, yeah. like safety um, ones. There's a fire badge. There's a fire badge two. There's what a fire badge. There's an advanced fire well, maker. Starting a fire, I'll put one out. All of the fire safety. So there'd be oh, a basic, okay. advanced, and expert. Like there's three different levels for some of the really kind of more complicated ones, like the woodworking ones, using saws. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I had, I had pretty much. There's even one for probably like darning clothes up and stuff like that. But the badges used to look cool as fuck because yeah, they, they used like, to interlock. They used to be like they? scales. Yeah, they have really nice little icons mm. on them. And I used to be proud as fuck getting a new badge. So when I when I did swimming classes as well, I used to get like badges in swimming like for, for swimming so like maybe it's a distance badge or maybe yeah. it's like young diver or advanced diver i i think my dad not so long ago actually found all of them and kind of mounted them in this kind of perspex oh really that's cool yeah it's really cool like it's got all of my like my life guidance certification the and blog. stuff like that yeah for sure if it can be found um also like winning like there's definitely something there about my scouting scouting achievements as well because i got like hand-picked from the scouts in Hertfordshire to represent Hertfordshire in this hill walking thing. Was this wasn't um, amphetamine fueled, was it? No, no, this was, it was not far from that age, like probably 15, 14. Yeah, yeah. But yeah no, time. we had to do this thing called the Peak Assault. Well, it's up in the Peak District and you had all these kind of checkpoints scattered throughout the mountains. And what you had to do was take a map and a compass and kind of visit as many of these checkpoints as you could now choosing whichever path you wanted within a set amount of time and each time you visit one you got you got a stamp or something like that but then you had to get oh, back someone there waiting exactly then you had to get back to register before your time was up and if you were late you'd start losing checkpoints very quickly like one every five minutes or something like that maybe even and we did this up in the peak district and um we were i think there was 120 different groups involved like from the army from 120 the, groups yeah it's a teams of like six people like five five youths and, a, and, a, and an adult and um, we had this legend bob who walked all the way around the uk like for charity like yeah. all the way around like like all of the coastline this wow. is an epic task because uk's got a surprising amount of coastline because yeah, it goes yeah. in and out in and out especially scotland anyway so we did this event um we did a practice weekend where we had to go up to the peak district and it was it was fine it was just walking up in the marshes and the bogs as long as you've got the right gear it's fine i'm like a I'm like a donkey i just keep going forever you can just load me up and i just i just keep walking i'm like sturdy in that respect yeah maybe it's describes why my back is fucked now but um basically did this and then on the last training exercise that we had to practice running down the hill which sounds a strange thing to do but we theorized in taking it pretty seriously that like if we had to get back to to hq before the time ended we needed to kind of be safe running down hills which is really dangerous yeah not like running down a path running down a hill so we all kind of went bombing down the hill with a with a with our rucksacks on trying to keep a controlled speed and i put one of my feet into a rabbit hole and oh. i was going at full whack and it kind of slammed me face first into this into this thankfully it was just soil um and i i kind of strained an ankle ligament and then there was like a late well, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do the actual main event. It turned out that I was I was okay to do it eventually. So we got on this coach all the way up to the Peak District on a Friday night, which is, again, the coach is a long drive from Hertfordshire. I think it was a minibus because we went up team by team. Well, I do remember getting the coach back. Um, and then we did this event. So we had to, 
like the night before we had to get the map and the old school compass out and kind of chart all of the positions and the checkpoints estimate how quickly we're going to be walking uphill downhill it's how much hardcore stuff isn't it hardcore stuff um and i was pretty good with the old compass i'm still probably probably be okay with it now but then we the next day we went out and we we hit, we hit the mountain so we we're kind of really going for it keeping up a really good pace and then we had one more one more checkpoint to go to before we were going back to the to the to the headquarters and one of the guys actually went to school with him i won't say any names we well, could bleep it out james gill oh, yeah, um yeah. was one of the other guys in this group but it's the only other people i knew only person i knew in this hertfordshire group was he must have been a bit of a badass in his local in his stomping ground when he yeah. to scouts like me um and and he just like we got near the end and he just like, i can't go on I can't, like he was just dead like totally like his face was pale he's like, i can't go on so he's asthmatic so i took his rucksack <clears throat> as well as my rucksack okay. and these are full kind of like expedition rucksacks not like a little fucking north face kind of day sack for your laptop this is a proper like full camping gear so i had his one on my front one on my back and then we had to run the last mile so by the time I got, we just made it in time. We fuck, like literally we had like six seconds and we just got through in time and registered. But by the time I got to the campsite, I was fucked. Like so dead that everyone's putting up the tent and I'm just sat there with my head in my hands, like unable to move from this. this I'm not surprised. From sitting on my, from my um, rucksack. So anyway, when they, they, they get the tents up, these kind of little force 10 tents, they're called, as you might imagine, they're kind of quite robust ones that they fold up to a small bag, but they're really good tents. They've got an inner shell and an outer shell. So I strip off all of my clothes to get into the sleeping bag, because oh. not all of them, obviously, but you know, like as you would do at that age, you're probably in your underwear, like, yeah. but taken off because you had to wear all of the right clothes. So I took off my lonjons, my thermal, like my thermal underwear I had to wear. Anyway, in my haste to get into the sleeping bag and get some food, and when I say food, it was horrible. It was like this chicken, tinned chicken casserole. Oh. Oh, horrible, but it tasted like the sweet, sweet nectar of, of the gods when I ate it. But I literally ate it and just fell asleep straight away afterwards. So next morning after like the most comatose sleep ever, we get woken up just as daylight. So maybe 7.30 in the morning. It's got winds up February, February time. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, I'm just aching and we've got to do another day's walking. So now it's a Sunday, but it's a kind of two thirds of a day, not a full day. And we've got to go up this mountain. We've got to cook a meal up this mountain in the elements, then hit this checkpoint and then come back down again. So I go, um, so I get ready. We kind of, we, we break the camp. We kind of put everything back and then I'm kind of fully dressed, ready to go. And just before you go past the first checkpoint, you have your start time. They inspect your equipment to make sure you've got everything you need on the mountain because it's pretty, you can check, the weather can change quickly up on the mountain. It's, it's very, very dangerous. But no, it can be pretty like tough going. Yeah. Um, you have to be a bit of a cock to get stuck up there, to be honest with you. But so anyway, they're checking my gear and they're like, um, sorry, you haven't got your long johns on. My thermal underwear. And I'm like, the fuck happened to them so everyone's like guys you got, you got we can't go up on the mountain we need to be of a group of so you've got to find your long oh shit so i walked back to where the campsite was and bear in mind this is like heavy fucking frost everything's crunching underfoot I look around and i see the worst possible sight a frozen pair of long johns <laughs> oh, no. lying not lying but you haste to take them off frozen to the floor rigid as cardboard and no. i've got to put them on and I, it's freezing cold you had to put them on yep so I've now then got to strip off to my kind of underwear, kind of get these long johns, which are just like, 
Even thinking about it now sends shivers up my spine because it was just ice cold, totally oh. pancake flat, frozen as fuck. And then I've got to try and force my leg through each of the holes. And long johns go all the way down to your ankles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember just getting them on and just curling myself up into a ball for like two minutes, just waiting for them to defrost and then get wet and then the wetness to get dry and then put in my walk. carry spare ones? No, trying to keep things light. You don't really, like for a weekend, maybe if it was a longer event, you would. Anyway, so then we had to go up this mountain and then we had to cook this. So we had these um, butane gas things, these little gas stoves. And again, in the haste for me to fall asleep last night, we hadn't washed up our fucking stove and we had to then make a second meal using this kind of grassy, trashy, already used bivouac, um, kind of like steel kind of saucepan, which hadn't been cleaned from the night before. So everything was congealed and nasty. We had to pour another can and then eat the stuff from this fucking... It was traumatic. But we finished fourth. Which is, yeah. which is a pretty, I mean, unfortunately, would have, like, third would have got something for it. We finished fourth out of 120, 150 different competitors. So we did pretty well. Surprised but, didn't get your badges stripped off you for leaving your long johns out in the snow, though. I know, what a schoolboy error. But yeah, um, at the time, it was like the worst thing I ever did. But when I look back, I was like, fuck, I'd love to do something like that again. And yeah, it's amazing yeah. how time just makes these things seem less traumatic than they were. But at the time, it was... Like putting those long johns on, carrying that backpack was possibly one of the some of the hardest things I've ever had to encounter. Um, but yeah, all part of the the great outdoors. The great outdoors. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. I've I've got nothing left on my list unless you have. Nope, nothing yet for me. Well, then it just leaves us to sign off and to uh, remind all of our listeners then to uh, check us out in the following places. You can go to the website nostalgiatron dot com or check us out on twitter at high nostalgiatron um if you've got any thoughts comments feedback on any of the episodes or you've got any ideas for future episodes um, you can contact us on any of those channels and we will we will read through all everything su- submitted um anything else no that's it all good oh yeah huh bye oh, sorry, I <laughs> <heard> you. <laughs> see you next time